This episode of the podcast Under the Stairs is brought to you in conjunction with Legion Podcast Network. Check out the podcast Under the Stairs and many other shows over at legionpodcast.com. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is Baz V Horror 25. I'm your host Duncan McLeish and welcome to the show. Yeah, Baz V Horror 25 will continue our look at the Halloween franchise. We've dubbed this Baz V Michael Myers for obvious reasons and we're not explaining it again because we did it on the previous show. So on this episode we will be looking at Halloween part 4, 5 and 6 which rounds out the second chapter that I selected. Joining me on this journey is, of course, the star of the show, the man who's sitting down and checking out these movies for the very first time. God bless his cotton socks, is, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, the Baz. Hola, my sexy little green ginger bitches, and welcome <laughs> to Haddonfield, home of the fighting fuck pigs. <laughs> Oh my god, do you know, I, I'm actually keen to check out if there's been any spikes in the sale of Krabby's Green Ginger Wine Bars, because I'll tell you, it was trending. <laughs> fucking, so am I, because I've just <laughs> I've driven the length and breadth of this goddamn fucking town that they try to track down my bottles there. We need, so you, we need you up the fucking, up the ante here a bit, big man. Well, I think what happened is you started talking about how difficult it was to get, then you talked about how great it was, so people went out and bought it, which made it harder for you to get this. See, you should have said it was shit. I know, I know. There has been a little development on that, but I'll be I'll be broadcasting that via the Twitter account later on today, so I'm going to keep it shtum. <laughs> oh my god, so um, I think what we need to do right off the bat here... Hey, hey, let, let's not, let's not oh. skate over the home of the fighting fuck pigs. I will not skate <laughs> Uh, that's the official name of the, the uh, high school sports teams at Haddonfield High. <laughs> Fighting fuck pigs. If anybody can make me a, a t-shirt that says that on it, you will be forever in my debt. Right, there you go. So there's a challenge to one of our listeners with an artistic prowess. If you can make Baz a Haddonfield sports top that says the home of the Fighting Fuck Pigs. Uh, and get in touch with us and send it out. Baz will be eternally in your day. I don't know what that means. Oh, I will send them copious amounts of my soiled underwear. <laughs> Sounds like a bargain to me. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I think what we need to do right at the very start here is thank the, what can only be described as ridiculous amounts of comments, tweets, um, emails, feedback, um, downloads for the previous Baz V Horror episode. Episode 24 um, almost broke a record set by yourself, big man, um, on how many downloads it achieved in a five-day period. Yeah. Um, we're, we're currently sitting at 220. Um, and the only show that you've ever done that has been 
bigger than that in terms of downloads within the first five days is uh, Baz v Friday the 13th parts 2, 3 and 4 which is still our most downloaded episode of all time so that's pretty incredible people went quite rabid over this one um, and what was quite telling about it was the fact that you had <laughs> sent a tweet saying uh, it was a tweet or a Facebook message saying that everyone was quoting these things in the episode which you couldn't remember recording or saying yeah <laughs> So it's, all, it's all just a big hazy blur to me, don't you know, Honestly, I'm sitting reading these fucking messages on Facebook and tweets that we're getting, and I'm going, I know that means something. Couldn't fucking tell you what, but that that's something I've said. See the overwhelming sense of shame with some of the things that we're getting. I was too frightened to fucking listen back. I've, I've hired that nun from uh, season five of Game of Thrones just to walk behind you now shouting shame and ringing a bell. From now on, shame, shame, lads, shame. Did you get one of, one of the big breasted nuns with the big guns from the film, Big Nuns with Big Guns or whatever no, it was called? This is, if I did that, then it's just going to inspire you to say more filth, which you'll then regret later on when you've said it on a podcast. That's true. Wholesome, hearty, family fun is what the podcast under the stairs will never be. Well, um, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> I was just just waiting for you to just like start tearing up your notes, deleting the thing from your iPad. Oh, well, we'll not be saying that. We'll not be saying that. There's no point in me being on here if I can't swear and talk about visions. It was like, really, I can't stress enough, like the, the reaction to that episode, like right from the off, was pretty incredible. And they're still coming in, they're still tweets coming in from people saying that they're listening to the episode and they, they genuinely think it's one of the best podcast episodes they've ever listened to, which blows my mind because me and Baz are, did not set out to do that. We were... That two show just two went, idiots in a fucking kitchen, mate. Yeah, pretty you know much. I mean? <laughs> did not expect it to go that way. Um, but I'm glad you really enjoyed it. I'm kind of hoping the humour ups on these next few episodes because... I, 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 we need something to get me through these. I sat down last night and watched parts four and five, and I, yeah, I thought I remembered how bad they were, and then I watched them again. Um, obviously, we'll find out what the bads thought. People already know my opinions. I don't necessarily think everyone knows your opinions. However, if they were checking out Twitter, they have a good idea of what you thought for. So, um, <laughs> it was good to see that the, the tweets were back up in action. We have a long journey ahead of us still. This episode, like I say, covering parts 4, 5 and 6, we will then have a further episode covering um, H2O and Resurrection and then one final episode closing out this franchise looking at the Rob Zombie Halloween movie and its sequel. So tons and tons of stuff still to cover. Baz, I need to ask you before we take a short break, uh, compose herself and come back to chat about Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers. Is there anything else you want to say to our listeners out there before we start? Uh, not particularly, big man. We've been rattling through this some bitch so fast I've not really had time to watch anything else, to be quite honest. So yeah. there's not much been going on other than me getting deep down and dirty with Mr. Michael Myers. <laughs> oh, so it's, uh, it's time to strap on the chaps and saddle the fuck up, big man. <laughs> Let's, <laughs> let's ride into Halloween Town. I was going to just say these chaps are, are, are hopefully they're not assless chaps. All my chaps are assless, big man. <laughs> right, Most of the trousers I wear to work are assless. <laughs> see, see. <laughs> 
Yeah, after that incident in the road to Denver bush, I know. Uh, but <laughs> if someone, <laughs> if someone who's making buys his t-shirt with, <laughs> with their fighting fuck pics, <laughs> wants to make me a t-shirt that says, "All my chaps are assless." <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, you put it in quotes with the badge written underneath it and the date that you listened to the podcast she sent that to me I too will be for a year day all my chaps are assless I'm going to put that in your gravestone big man honestly that's it there you go here lies Barry Low. oh my chaps are assless oh fucking hell but it has begun uh, right up me ass upwards big man plant me ass upwards <laughs> So that Billy Connolly joke when the guy buries his wife with an arse sticking it because he needs somebody to park his bike. <laughs> God bless you, Billy. Yeah, we salute you, sir. Fellow Scott, a fellow Scott. Uh, right, we're going to take a short break just now. You're going to hear promos for shows that we love. You're also going to hear <laughs> the trailer for Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers from 1988 when myself and the Baz return. We're going to be discussing that movie right after this. Do you like movie reviews that are insightful, thought-provoking? and delivered by somebody who's trained to critically dissect every aspect of a motion picture without ever having to use obscenities. Then you've got the wrong f***ing show. Kruger Nation Horror Podcast is ready to feed your slasher movie and exploitation needs. There'll be more blood, expletives, and titties than you can shake your grandma's beetle flaps at. Visit www.krugernation.com Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. How peaceful it looks. Most effective, Your Majesty. We'll destroy this Earth. Destroy it. Send Rick and Danny in Wool Rocket Ajax. So, just destroy it? That's what Ming said. Don't you ever listen? Well, there's no arguing with Ming. Hail Ming. Wait! You see those transmissions on the visual screen? Crow? Nightmare on Elm Street? Chud too? Black Belt Jones? Nightbreed? What's a critter? I've seen those things. Flash? I guess we could wait a while before the destruction. Yeah, and watch the movies. And talk about them. The Hell Ming Power Hour. Disobedience to Ming. For now. You can find us at Legion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. iTunes. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. At www. You know what? Just Google it for yourself. Just Google it, you bastages. Hail Ming. Breaking 2? Electric Boogaloo? Samurai Cop? Army of Darkness? Flash Dance? <laughs> we might destroy the planet if it's Flash Dance. <laughs> 
Ten years ago, on the night of October 31st, a small Midwestern town fell victim to an escaped killer. Under the cover of darkness, he carried out the most horrifying mass murder on record. Sixteen people in cold blood. Ever since that night, no one has forgotten his name. And Halloween has never been the same. Now, Michael Myers has come home. He has returned for one more night of unholy terror. to kill that little girl and anybody who gets in his way. Oh, God. Who's going to be next? Ah! Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers. Maybe nobody knows how to stop him. And welcome back. So you have just heard the trailer for Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers from 1988. This movie was directed by Dwight H. Little. Um, There are some people involved with the writing, not going into that this time. Uh, Let's see if we can make through the cast like we did on the previous episodes. I'm feeling confident. Donald Pleasance is big back in this by Donnie P. Donnie P! Represent. Uh, (laughs) Ellie Cornell... Danielle Harris, a really young Danielle Harris. I don't know if this is our our first role. She has been in a lot more horror movies since. That's why she's a kind of fairly notable name. George P. Wilbur, Michael Pataki, Bo Starr, Kathleen Kinmont, Sasha Jensen, Jean Ross, other folks in the movie. Synopsis for this one. Ten years after his original massacre, the invalid Michael Myers awakens and returns to Haddonfield to kill his seven-year-old niece on Halloween. Can Dr. Loomis stop him? Dun, dun, dun. Um, We will find out if he did or not when we speak to Baz. Um, All I'm going to say before we start this one is, I hadn't seen this one in several, several years. And every time I go on a huge tirade about how... Halloween is not my favourite franchise and actually isn't even up there in my, I don't even think it's in my top three favourite horror franchises, I think it's, I can comfortably say that people always say to me, well what ones do you like and I always say I like the first three, really like the first three, and they'll be like, ah but four isn't bad, and I always said four was bad, and people are like no, 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 you need to go back and check it out I'm just going to say I checked it out and I stand by that statement, four is not a good movie, um, it really, really, really isn't Oh, now that I've got that off my chest, Baz, you sat down to watch this movie last night. I checked out your tweets. You were firing them out everywhere. There was tweets coming from all angles. Yep. Um, could you let us know, and most importantly, what the listeners want to know, first and foremost, is what you made of Halloween for The Return of Michael Myers. I certainly shall, Duncan. I certainly shall. First of all, uh, this evening's episode comes sponsored by Budweiser, (laughs) the ironically named King of Beers. (laughs) Someday Budweiser should be in jail for that statement. I'm sorry to our American listeners, but Budweiser is piss water. It is, yeah. Uh, And I'm only drinking it because my big neighbour bought me a case of it for helping him with his computer. 
to be honest, I'd rather he'd hit me in the face with his computer than bought me a fucking case of this muck. But I am reduced to drinking it and I shall soldier on. My favourite thing he said before we started recording is you, you would be more grateful if he just spat in your car. Aye. You've not seen how dirty my car is. At least it would have cleaned a small area of it for me. <laughs> there you go. You would rather someone spat in your car to clean it. You wouldn't pour Budweiser in your car, would you? Nah. Nah, it'd probably take the fucking paint off. <laughs> Muck! Anyway. Yeah, as you say, Halloween part four, Duncan, the return, apparently, of Michael Myers. Um, obviously, for those that listened to the last episode, uh, we covered Halloween's one and two, which both heavily involved Mr. Myers, and Halloween three, in which he wasn't in at all. Um, and I enjoyed all of those films to varying levels, but they were all pretty decent horror films that I would go back to quite happily. And I stated in the last episode that I I thought they did a brave thing with Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, um, which I appreciated a lot. Um, and had I been in, into horror on that at the time, I think I'd have been quite excited to see where they went next. Yeah. Probably wouldn't have expected where they did go next, <laughs> but I would have been looking forward to it prior to having seen it. <laughs> um, I sat, sat down to watch this. So but basically, as far as I am concerned, at the moment, Michael Myers died in an explosion caused by Mad Wee Donny P when he basically turned on oxygen tanks in, in the hospital room that they were in and chased Laurie out and then ignited it and, and blew them all to fucking kingdom come. Wasn't a small uh, explosion either, was it? It was a no, substantial it was explosion. A small thermonuclear type explosion that fucking destroyed the room that they were in. Donald never comes out, he's burnt to a fucking crisp. We do get a little scene where Michael staggers out the room ablaze, engulfed. as to be said, engulfed, there's a good word, engulfed yeah. in flames. And he only manages two or three steps before collapsing and burns to death on the ground, and that is the end of Michael Myers. Or at least it should have been. Yeah, well, and also, let's not forget as well, having been shot in both eyes. Yes, that... What, do you know I'd forgotten about that? Yeah, he was Absolutely blind. Right. He was blind at the end. Yeah, of course he was. Do remember? He was blind he was. and then burned to death. Yeah. So, not in a great way. <laughs> um, so... The film opens up, it's October 30th, 1988, so I think this is about sort of 10 years after the the scenes that we saw in the first two films. Mm-hmm. Um, and straight away, my first fucking notice here, in here is Donny P is in it, because his name fucking came up on the, like the, the you know, the, the credits at the start. Yeah. Donny Pleasance. Oh, how the fuck? Right, I was aware Michael Myers was back. <laughs> but come on, we Donny P, Really? He was at ground zero of a small fucking Nagasaki-like event. And apparently he's fucking back in it. So, needless to say, I was... I'm going to be polite and say intrigued (laughs) as to how uh, Crazy Donnie and the bold Michael make it back ten years later. Um, Now... It's fair to say over the year, well, over the years, like I've been watching horror for years, over the past nine months or so, I've uh, I've seen some dodgy fucking resurrections. You have. We saw my man, big Jason Voorhees, brought back to life when lightning hit a fucking railing that was stuck in his <laughs> decaying corpse. We uh, we saw the glory of Freddy Krueger being brought back to life by radioactive dog piss. <laughs> Where would they go on Halloween? 
Well, I'll tell you. They just ignored the fact that they died. <laughs> Completely. It's like it never happened. The film opens with an ambulance driving up to the sanitarium, which I think is the one that he was kept in before. Mm-hmm. They're picking up a patient for transport. Now, you probably heard me at this point, Duncan. I know we don't, we're not exactly neighbours, <laughs> but you live within a sort of quarter mile radius of my house. Yeah. Last night when you heard somebody shouting, No! No! <laughs> no! That was me. That was you. All oh, right. Yeah, just at the point where they're like, we're here to pick up a patient. Fuck off. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're at best, you're here to pick up the fucking ashes that remain of Michael Myers. It's, 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 it's ten... Let's try and put this into perspective here. It's ten years after the fact, right? Yeah. So this is ten years after the fact. So we're led to believe that he is being, what, comatose or in a, in a coma for ten years... Yeah, for, for 10 years in this sanitarium, just being pumped full of drugs. Um, I think, thankfully, I did that. I just envisioned that some orderly pumping Michael Myers <laughs> fucking comatose cops. Uh, uh, I'm reading a serial killer. Michael, take your mask off. Oh, there we go. So he's, but the thing is, like, like with that seat, right, let's, let's, let's be honest. I know you're going to, I know you've got, like, loads to say, but... He, Right from the off, right from the off, right. Any person that ever complained about the third Halloween movie and the fact that it didn't have Michael Myers on it, this right now, this opening five minutes highlights the point to why Halloween three did what it did, because yeah. it's the it's this it's the most ridiculous, it's the most insulting way to treat fans of the franchise. Yeah. So yeah, he's just been lying in this coma for 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 ten years. All wrapped up in fucking bandages from the, like you said before, Nagasaki-style um, bombing that he sustained. When he actually looks like he's failing it, there's not that much scar tissue on him. He yeah. seems, seems to be failing fine. The two eyes have healed, because yeah. that happens. I'm um, going to come on to the scarification shortly, Dalton, trust oh, me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk about that, my friend. But And we, we just kick off, and there is a scene... Just shortly after this, where I just wanted to mention this, and then I'm going to let you rain fire down on this bus. <laughs> um, where Donny P is confused as to why Michael Myers has been transferred, and the the owner of the sanitarium says it's a federal matter; it's in the hands of the feds, who apparently just left the paperwork around for ten years. Yeah. You know, like they just forgot he was in there for ten. So it must be a fucking ten year hike up to the sanitarium because apparently no one was interested at all in him until this very second. And of all days to choose to do it on, it's Halloween. Yeah. It's just, ah, right, Baz, go for it. Tell us. Couldn't have written it better myself, don't <laughs> me? Yeah, no, you're right. I actually, I hundred percent agree with you. For like back in the day, you you, you saw Halloween three. You didn't like it because Michael Myers was in it. Within about three minutes of this, I'd imagine most people were wishing that Halloween 4 had actually been subtitled the season of the dance finale. <laughs> and it was kind of fucking, you know, Donald Pleasance as a dance instructor at a summer camp. <laughs> and uh, 
you know, a wee lassie comes with a rich family for the fucking summer and he ends up dancing with it at the end because nobody puts baby in the corner. That would have been fucking better than just, no, he's not actually good. I, I pirouetted six times, six times! <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's pretty fucking insulting. And I kind of just thought, fuck you right at this point. Do you know what I mean? It, it, see, see your radioactive dog piss and your magical lightning. At least you made an effort. A shite effort, but at least you made a fucking effort. You didn't just go, oh yeah, no, he actually didn't die at all. You know what I mean? Which is what the fucking done here. And I've just written, how the fuck is he still alive? He's be- the whole thing is basically dismissed as he was he was kind of badly burned. Yeah. You know I'm what not, I mean? I'm, I'm I'm not dead. I'm just I'm just very badly burned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I think probably the scene that we're missing to explain what you raised is two FBI agents going like, what happened with that boy that got slightly badly burnt in that catastrophic explosion? Did you know go and pick him up? No. No. Oh fuck! Right, right. Where would get him? Hopefully he's still comatose after 10 years and hasn't gone on another killing spree. <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> These two paramedics, eh, right, try and get this fucking back on track. There's two paramedics in the ambulance turning up to pick the now not dead Michael Myers. Um, and they arrive there, and for some reason this wee fucking guard seems to have the urge to fill them in on the fucking story. This is obviously aimed at people who never saw the first films and are just coming into the franchise just now. Yeah. If that's you, stop. <laughs> stop right where you are. Go back and watch the first two. And then watch the third one. Then leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, so they go in, they get Michael. Michael's got a bit of bandage on his head. He looks like the fucking unknown soldier. There's a wee comics reference. <laughs> my, my comic peeps are fucking buzzing on my shit. The new, so I'm throwing them in all the time now. So he looks like the unknown soldier. He's lying there. Um, they wheel him out to the ambulance. The paramedic mentions a niece who, up until now, we have been unaware of. Um, and at the, at the mere mention of a niece, is Michael's hand kind of clenches. And they think, right, so let's just get this fucking straight. Comatose for 10 years, but he's just listening out for a wee mention of his family. Minute is mentioned, brings him back to life. He basically attacks the guard and thumbs him to death the back of the fucking ambulance. Now, you're probably thinking, Baz, what do you mean he thumbed him to death? What I mean by that is he took his thumb and drove it through the front of his skull into his brain. His thumb. Just the one. Like the skull wasn't even there. <laughs> yeah. So, I just, like, it's, it's like in fucking I Like, you, you read the very brief synopsis earlier on there. Michael Bass comes back, tries to kill a seven-year-old niece. What a prick! She's a seven-year-old girl. So, you know how at fucking points, folk, have made, including yourself, have made the argument that basically in some of the later Friday the 13th films, Jason Voorhees is essentially a zombie yeah. after part six, yeah? Yeah. Right, well, Michael Myers is essentially a paedophile. <laughs> 
He just likes killing wee fucking Waynes and lassies. This this niece asshole. <laughs> this niece was born while he was in a coma. If we do yeah. the math, she was born with it, so he didn't know anything about her because yeah. she, so he's like that. He's like he's he's like he's finally coming to. And where there should be joy. Oh, by the way, I've just found out I'm an uncle. Yeah. I'm now Uncle Mikey. Yeah. Yeah, like that. His first instinct is... Yeah, I'm like stabbing. Just <laughs> so bad. Honestly, arsehole. Complete arsehole, am I? Um, right, so, the, so then, right, so basically, he thumbs the fucking paramedic to death. Right. It's an interesting choice of killer, considering all the medical equipment that were in the back of that ambulance. Aye. Do you know what? Like, aye, some of the later fucking Friday the 13th films weren't great, right? But at least they tried to do inventive stuff with the kills. Yeah. Most of them were fucking stupid and shite. Yeah. But at least they tried. Fu- let's just get him. Let's just have him stick his thumb through the heat. <laughs> Fuck off. You, it's like you see them in the back of a paramedic's ambulance. They're, they're, they could have worked with shit there. Anyway. This just, uh, there's lots to go yet. Passage is warming up. We then meet wee Jamie, um, who has this fucking mythical niece that we've just found out about, just staring out a window. Now, I am going to say straight from the off, this wee lassie is one of the best things in this film. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. She is a great wee actress for, for her age. Look, there are scenes, particularly in the next film, and I will talk about them when we get out of that, there are scenes in the next fucking film where she puts Donald Pleasance to shame. <laughs> they are literally side by side acting in the same scene. She conveys genuine torment and Donald Pleasance just sounds like a dick. <laughs> I'm sorry, Donald, honestly. Yeah. So uh, this will be last, I don't know what her name is. This uh, is Danielle Harris. Right, Daniel. Right, she's went on to become a, a fairly prominent actress in the horror community and out with. Right, well, fucking good on her because she does deserve it because while I do not like her character and I do not like the fucking story she's involved in and I do not like where they went with the character, she is a very good wee fucking actress. Yeah. Particularly in the next film, but I'll talk about that when we go into that. So we meet Jamie. She's staring out a window. It would appear that her parents are dead. We find out subsequently that um, our mother was Laurie. So Jamie Lee Curtis's character. Mm-hmm. We don't know how she died. We don't even know if she's dead, but it certainly gives you that impression mm-hmm. at this point in time. Uh, I've written here she's looked after by an older girl. She's not. She's actually in foster care, but she appears to have an older foster sister who's called Rachel, who's very fond of her and spends a lot of time with her. She's looking at an old photograph and it's Jamie Lee. We then get a lightning flash and we see Michael Myers in the mirror. I, I can imagine at the time that was a fairly effective jump scare. It didn't really phase me nowadays, but I can imagine at the time that would have worked quite well. My initial thoughts right at this point, and to be fair, this is explained, but I'm like, where the fuck did he get a mask in the boiler suit? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He was literally wrapped in bandages about fucking two <laughs> seconds ago. Michael attacks her, and then it turns out it was all just a fucking dream. My first, this is the first point of my notes where I basically put an observation now. Already, this feels much more like some of the later Friday the 13th films. Yeah. Right? Now, 
the first two, right, we're going to put season of, season of the Witch to bed, right? We're not going to talk about it anymore. Suffice to say, I enjoyed it. I liked what they tried to do. It was a good film. Mm-hmm. Let's just focus on the first two that involved Michael. They were really good slasher films that have aged really well. You could have probably combined them into one slightly longer film and cut out some of the shit. But in, in general, they're pretty fucking decent and very different to any of the Friday the 13th films, I, I felt, considering it's a deranged killer that doesn't speak. Yes. Um, straight away in this when I'm like that, oh, dream sequences. It just felt like the kind of later shit Friday the 13th films and possibly even some of the Nightmare on Elm Street ones. And it, it just felt... Up until now, I thought Halloween had an awful lot of credibility as a horror franchise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's genuinely good. They tried to do some different things later in the franchise. The early ones were really well shot. It stands up on its own as a good hat. And it just... With this one, within about the first ten minutes, you're just back in the kind of fuck this factor. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a sizable period of time, though, that's... I mean, when you look at this one, this is 1988. So right. by now, you probably would be in line with some of the later Friday the 13th movies, circa part, maybe part seven or even part eight, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Because the, the Fridays came out every single year. Yeah, they were constant, yeah. Yeah, so it I just, mean, sorry, it kind no. of tonally probably... The fact that you're saying it feels like that probably speaks to when they came out this is late 80s now this is 1988 um, yeah. and there's been well there have been five years between Season of the Witch uh-huh. and, and you know in this movie so the, the, I imagine that this probably went through several different incarnations of how will we bring uh, when I, that blows my mind saying that this probably was written a few times that's probably why the writers credits like six writers it's probably written about six different times to get into a position where someone was happy to bring back Michael Myers and when you see how they brought him back, that just blows my mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I, this one is very early in its franchise, considering we've still got quite a few movies to talk about to already be kind of shit in itself, like yeah. some of the later Friday movies and Nightmare movies did. I, I totally, 100% agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not as gritty as either of the... The first two did have a kind of gritty harsh kind of feel to them. Yeah. There was nothing comedic about those first couple of Halloween films. This appears to have lost that. And just in general, if you, do you hear me burping? That's that shitty fucking Budweiser <laughs> beer. King of beers, Baz. King of beers. Fucking honestly. Um, the whole thing just feels cheaper. Yeah. And like you say, considering this was made 10 years after the first one, how the fuck did that happen? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? At least with the Friday films, the later ones looked better. They maybe weren't as good films, but they did look better. They looked like there was more money. This looks like it's going fucking back the way. <laughs> it's the crew as well. So you don't have... There's no involvement now by John Carpenter at this stage. People like Dean Cundy are no longer involved with this. Cundy's off doing... He's already done things like Big Trouble in Little China and stuff like that. And he's... He's, you know, he's away doing things. And this is now just... This is just a standard slasher movie. You know, yeah. all the things that made it really interesting in the past are now well gone and we're now very much in the the, the stage of the cuts made by the MPAA in America. Yeah. So that gritty feel that you want doesn't exist anymore. So yeah. that we brought it back, um, brought back, you know, arguably one of the greatest 
slasher icons of all time and essentially put them in a scenario where we don't have the same people involved with the project that made it great. Um, it's this idea of we can just take the idea and it'll just work when we use other people to make it as opposed to the first movies were a product of the team behind them. Um, this one is, you know, there is no great team behind this one at all and then we'll just put them in a time period where we can't do what we really want to do so nudity is pretty much on the out by this point not completely out but pretty much on the way out blood is pretty much on the that's, that wouldn't surprise me if that's why the thumb was used as opposed to a knife um, yeah it's just it's, yeah, I, I know what you mean especially if you've come from watching those earlier ones yeah. and the close time period that you have you must have thought well we're ramping shit up now and then you don't get that Fucking Tipper Gore, what a boot. <laughs> um, honestly, self-righteous cow. Honestly, I fucking hate that woman. And I bet she fucking like, used to get fucking Al to do her with a courgette and stuff like that, do you know what I mean? But just didn't want anyone else having a good fucking time. <laughs> Why a courgette? I don't know, it just came into my head. <laughs> you look around the kitchen. I was out. I mean, last, I've just been out doing my big food shopping for the month, so it's maybe something to do with that. I could have gone with aubergine, but that's just filthy. Um, right, let, let's batter through this. We've we, we even talked about the film yet, and we're just slaughtering it. Yeah. Uh, next morning, we meet Rachel's parents, so this is Jamie's foster parents. Jamie, well, uh, Rachel rather wants to go out with her boyfriend at night, but she's made to babysit. But she is very fond of Jamie. There's no kind of sibling rivalry or anything like that. Uh, we then see the bold fucking Donny P limping up a corridor. Uh, we only see him from the back. So anyway, well, at least I've made an attempt. He was basically at the fucking heart of the sun for, you know, a, a short period of time at the end of part two. All right. At least they gave him a fucking limp. Do you know what I mean? Then he starts arguing with a doctor about the whole fucking Michael Myers thing and he just sounds like a fucking lunatic. We then see his face, which is slightly disfigured. And when I say slightly, in the opening scenes, it looks like he has a third ear growing out of one cheek. <laughs> it's terrible prosthetics. It's really bad. Which, bizarrely, gets slightly better in the next scene. <laughs> it, it's so fucking, like, inconsistent. It's... it's yeah, again, it's not the worst thing about the film. Um, yeah, so he has a limp and a kind of extra ear caused by the violent explosion he was at the heart of. Um, he's arguing with this doctor about fucking Michael Myers, but why and go blah, 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 fucking... The doctor then gets a phone call about Michael Myers escaping and Donnie P's all like, yeah, I fucking told you. <laughs> right. All right, Donnie. You know what I mean? He heads off to help. He should just fucking mind his own goddamn business, to be quite honest. I lost all sympathy for the character. He goes mental. He's just like, he's like, I'm going to Haddonfield. It's four miles from here. If uh, No, it's four hours from here. If, you know, if you don't find that body in four hours and he's in the town, then only I can stop him. And he's still got this gun. A mentally unstable man who basically his boss earlier on says that when Michael Myers leaves, he either hopes that one Donny P retires... Uh, two, he disappears forever, or three, dies. Yeah. That's his boss. Aye. I mean, I've pissed off my boss a few times, but my boss has never wished death on me, Baz. No. That's quite a strong thing to wish on someone. You know it's what I mean? It's like you say, you know, he's still kicking about the fucking gun like Dirty Harry. Now, <laughs> granted, I appreciate we have far stricter gun laws in this country than in America. Yes. You know what I mean? But I would like to think, you know, you come in, 
I'm looking for a license from this fucking hand cannon. What do you need that for, mate? From a doctor. All right. I deal with violent psychopaths. Mm, fair enough. I don't think I still don't think you like shooting them, though. What, what's that on your face? What? That's an extra ear, mate. I grew it after my last battle with this deranged psychopath that I've been dealing with for fucking 15 years. No, mate, you're not getting a gun. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. If you aren't a gun, you're going to need to go to that fucking bank at the start of bowling for Columbine and open that account when <laughs> they give you a free one. And then head off to that wee barber shop to buy some ammunition. <laughs> but I'm no fucking giving you a licence, mate. Get the fuck out. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> Yeah, so the bull fucking Donny races off at Haddonfield, a hot foot in it, with his one hot foot, because his other one appears to be a bit fucked. <laughs> he finds the crashed ambulance, lo and behold, they can't identify the bodies. Donny P jumps to a bit of a conclusion at this point that Michael Myers has escaped and heads off to Haddonfield. Uh, right, let, let's wrap this up, because once again, my fucking uh, iPad is losing power rapidly here. Um... <laughs> Michael Myers kills a garage owner. Donnie P turns up in the garage looking for some petrol. It's the wildest of coincidences. <laughs> uh, finds the dead owner, then a dead waitress. So the body count's racking up in fairness to them, but it's like it's like you said a wee minute ago, they're done. It's formulaic mm-hmm. to the nth fucking degree. Do you know what I mean? You don't see the kills either, really. It cuts away. Yeah, a lot of them. see the after going, effect. But we did see that in... Uh, was it one of the Nightmare on Elm Street films that was really bad for it? Yeah, yeah, about it, it Sucker Part Five and shit. stuff like that. Yeah, 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 you just don't get you don't you don't get the, the the gratification of seeing the death. You just see the after effect. Yeah, and then fair enough, we will point the fucking finger at the Courgette loving fucking typical <laughs> at this point. For that one. Can't really hold fucking. Just want to put a disclaimer out there that the podcast under the stairs is alleging alleging that she loves Courgettes. We don't know if she does. I'm pretty sure I saw a video of it. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past you to still own that video. All right, on the old U-porn. U-porn. <laughs> Just type in Tipper Gore Courgette. And this week's episode is sponsored by our brand new sponsor, uporn.com. Yeah, uporn.com. When you just need to stroke it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, right. Uh, ah, right, right, so, yeah, uh, Donnie P turns up the deep garage owner, deep waitress, mental Mickey's fucked up on the phones, and then we see mental Mickey in the the kitchen and he's got his boiler suit on and his bandages. So he, they do at least explain the boiler suit he robbed it after the garage owner that he killed. Still got his bandages on his head. Still looks like the unknown soldier for DC Comics. Uh, we Donnie P opens fire. There's nobody there. Mental Mickey drives off in a truck, which inexplicably it kind of bumps into something at one point <laughs> and then the world explodes <laughs> um, and we Donnie P he gets chucked through a window with the force of the explosion Donnie gets a bit of a kicking in this film it's got to be said mm-hmm. um, we'll come on to that later as well uh, Jay, we see Jamie now uh, she's getting bullied it's a, a little bit carry-ish for my liking it was you yeah. know, it was a bit too granted she's tiny but I kind of expected fucking blood piss to come pouring down over them all <laughs> blood piss what's he, what even is blood piss that's the thing I've just made up 
Sorry. Is that what you piss? Are you starting pissing blood? No, no, the blood comes out my back passages, mate, with the hemorrhoids. <laughs> the urine is crystal clear. <laughs> um, the worst that happens with it is maybe if I've been in the asparagus the night before, it smells kind of fucking weird the next day, but other than that. <laughs> moving on, moving, moving on. on quickly. Die pads uh, running out of battery. <laughs> as Rachel agrees to take uh, Jamie out trick or treating, they go to a costume store. Yep, you can see where this is going. Um, there's a bunch of teen guys and another girl kicking about, and I've written here they look like Michael Meyer fodder to me, <laughs> which I think they are. Jamie picks a clown costume, and then she has a kind of vision of a young Michael Myers wearing it. So this is like the clown costume that he had on at the start of the very first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so again, we've got this kind of uh, almost like psychic connection between we Jamie and Michael. Yeah. Coming out, you know. Um, then she is attacked by my, uh, mental Mickey. Uh, it kind of, I thought at this point it was another dream, but then we see his face in a broken bit of mirror. So I, I think that actually was a genuine attack and he just fucked off out the road before everybody turned up. Mad wee Donnie, he's now trying to hitchhike into town. Some teens turn up, take the piss a wee bit. Can't say I blame them, but I've probably done the same myself. <laughs> uh, but it's okay because then Crazy Ralph turns up shortly after this in a truck wearing a dog collar. And, 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 not, and not like a cool kinky s name type dog collar, a, a minister's dog collar. Yeah, it's some religious maniac fucking picks Donny P up. Fuck no only knows why. I thought this was going to be a really cool character that was involved in this franchise. Mm-hmm. No, it's no. He literally just picks him up and drives him into town. Uh, I, I was slightly disappointed because he did uh, remind me of my first love, Crazy Ralph. Crazy Ralph. Uh, Rachel's parents go out. Her and Jamie go trick or treating. Mental Mickey gets into the house, finds the photos of Jamie Lee. Probably cracks one out. Uh, Loomis turns up at the sheriff's station. And ironically, and I did have a fucking chuckle, start shouting about six bodies. <laughs> so uh, we've had six times he shot him, six bodies. I'm kind of assuming in the later films we get six or something else and then somebody gets possessed and it turns into the omen. <laughs> um, the sheriff, fuck only knows why, but he agrees to go and check on this random little fucking child because this mentalist that's shouting about six bodies asked him to. Uh, Jamie hooks up with some of our wee pals for school, trick-or-treating. They go to a door... Rachel's boyfriend, Brady, is inside with another girl who's only wearing a t-shirt. I'm assuming she's wearing panties because she did go and answer the door to a bunch of fucking preschoolers. <laughs> if a beaver was out at that point, I think I would have to complain. Much, <laughs> much as I would love to have seen it. We've not really mentioned Brady. Brady's Rachel's boyfriend. Brady's a cunt. Uh, <laughs> and Brady actually tries to, to play off this whole fact that she's literally just fucking walked up on him riding some cow, who I think is the sheriff's daughter, in, in, a, in another house, by saying, well, you know, you 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 went out trick-or-treating with your wee stepsister. What else was I going to do? Fair play, Brady. Fair play. Of course you're going to go out and ride the first bird you see behind your, your girlfriend's back. <laughs> Honestly, the only person worse than you in this film is Michael Myers, because we've established he's basically a paedophile. 
The uh, Rachel then is an argument with the fucking faithless fucking Brady, and then Lucy's tracking where Jamie is. She's disappeared. Colin comes out over the radio to shut the fucking town down because of Michael Myers. I, I can't really remember why. I'm assuming Donny P's convinced the fucking sheriff of what's going on. And it's basically everybody get the fuck home. Uh, there's a fucking mentalist on the loose. The guy that owns the town bar decides that's not for him. He's not willing to lose his fucking money. So he basically rounds up the redneck motherfuckers that are drinking in the bar and they all head off. A good old fashioned lynching mob uh, in, a, in a bunch of like American pickup trucks. Denim as far as the eye could see, <coughs> armed to the teeth, drunk as shit, racing about town in their pickup trucks. What a fucking world we live in. God bless America. Um, and, yeah, and Hackenfield's population is like, before it was all white picket fences and you know kind of white collar workers and all the rest, and now it's just descended into Rednecksville. Yeah, and I imagine the idea they're also fucking raisins because they've all been drinking fucking Budweiser, the alleged king of beers, all fucking out of the car. Um, I've written here that Jamie's house, Loomis finds. Oh, aye, the dog's the the dog is dead. Loomis finds that because he's creeping about in other people's houses now complete disregard for personal property and the laws of the fucking land as to be said at this point uh, mental Nicky turns up at a power plant and kills a guy basically by throwing him into a fucking electricity pylon for no other reason than to turn the power off for the rest of this film uh, I've read here as well Michael's mask looks a bit shite in this film agreed would, would you, uh, am I right about that? It doesn't yeah. look the same as the first one. It's, it's not. It's, it's, it's about it, shit. It gets worse as it goes on in this series. For some reason, every single every single movie, they try and change the mask. Or it's like they bend the previous mask and they're trying to resurrect it. It's weird. Uh, this one looks just... Uh, there's The previous ones were almost formless and that's kind of what made them scary. This one just looks bored. It's like he's walking around wearing a, a bored Shatner face yeah. for the entire movie. It's fucking stupid. We I see you, Jimmy Wiggon. <laughs> see you, Jimmy. And the hair's lighter as well in this You know one. what I mean? Now, mask. once Sorry. again, for the benefit out of American listeners, you probably don't know what a see you, Jimmy Wig is. A see you, Jimmy Wig isn't actually really a full wig. It is a tartan bonnet, or hat, which has some ginger hair attached to the bottom of it. You basically can buy them at any shop on the Royal Mile in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. They're a very tacky fucking tourist item, basically because every Scotsman has ginger hair and wears a wee tartan bonnet slash hat. So what we're saying is that it's racist and our tourist trade perpetuates that racism. Yeah. People that'll buy into it. As does Michael Myers. <laughs> um... Yeah, right, where, where am I? This was an shit in the film, right? Uh, Rachel is, oh, she's running about looking for Jamie. She sees Michael, runs off, finds Jamie. It's seamless, it all just ties together beautifully. Donnie P and the sheriff turn up. Donnie P sees Michael, turns out it's trick or treaters. We've been doing this road before. Mm-hmm. They go back to the sheriff's office, it's been trashed, there's fucking dead cops everywhere. The lynch mob for the bar turn up. And they all head off to find Michael Myers as one merry band. The sheriff does not insist that they put their weapons down, get out of the cars because they're drunk and go home. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> Fetch me my lynching ropes 
in my clan regalia. Let's get this fucker. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's all very, it, it's quite odd. <laughs> uh, there's another cop. He calls in from a car. Mental Mickey's in the back of the car. Uh, the lynch mob accidentally kill an innocent man. We all saw that coming. <laughs> Sheriff still doesn't tell him to go home. <laughs> you think he would draw a line at some point, but no, no. Just keep on a shooting and a whooping and a hollering. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, five percent battery remaining, right? Hey, <laughs> uh, hey, Brady. Brady's riding the sheriff's daughter in the house. The sheriff, Donnie P, and his girlfriend and her steps and foster sister all turn up, which does put Brady off his stride. In fairness. Um, and manages to basically withdraw his penis from her vagina for a short period of fucking time. Uh, Rachel does not look angry enough about this. If, if this was my wife, my wife would have disarmed that sheriff, shot everybody in the room, <laughs> then gone out, shot the lynch mob, <laughs> then shot Michael Myers. That's what my wife would have done had she walked in on that. She would have shot the lynch mob. What's your wife's maiden name? Lynch. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, you cheeky wee man, you. I get it now. Uh, there we go. I think they used to call her lynch mob at school, actually. I'm sure she's fucking told me that, which I thought was really weird. I was like, do you know what lynch mob is? Yeah, do you actually know? Did and the kids know? I don't think she really did. And I was like, it was like those people used to drive about hanging black folk in America. That was, that was yeah. a lynching mob. Yeah. That's a really shit fucking nickname, do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, uh, kids after all, Baz, they're not the most imaginative. Only one, the only one that's worse than that was mine, which was Baz Pigeon Fingerer. <laughs> pigeon Fingerer? I got caught pigeon fingering a pigeon one too. <laughs> Just what, was the, what was your American Indian name again? Wankin' Badger. Fingering <laughs> <laughs> pigeons and wankin' badgers. Before I was you're like a creepy fucking Doctor Doolittle. Yep, yep. I mean, I, yeah, no, I, I didn't really finger a pigeon. Before the folks start phoning in things, I have not molested any animals in uh, earlier life at all. I didn't really finger that pigeon. That was just a comic effect. Sometimes some of the shit I say on this show isn't true. You may have picked up that. If you've not, I'm just giving you the heads up. Eh, uh, right, so, where are we, where are we, where are we? Eh... Uh, Lynch mob. Brady's right, the sheriff's daughter, yeah. The Rachel turns up and is not angry enough to walk in on this. They all barricade themselves in the sheriff's house. Rachel just looks slightly uncomfortable about this, bearing in mind that, you know, her boyfriend's penis smells of this other girl's clunge. <laughs> um, the sheriff's on the old CB radio, which was popular at the time, looking for help. Uh, Loomis, he 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 just decides he's going to head off and stop Michael himself. Mm. You know what? With the fact that he can barely fucking walk and has an extra <laughs> ear. Um, the sheriff then decides at this point he's going to take control of this whole situation. Right, sheriff. The time to take control of this situation was about an hour and a half ago, mate. <laughs> Before they unleashed your fucking local clan chapter here upon the town. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> the sheriff's daughter goes out to talk to the deputy. She does seem slightly loose of morals. 
it has to be said. <laughs> Try to stop using the word slutty quite so much. It is a bit offensive. So I mean, she's she's not the most church going of young ladies. She's so, free spirited. She's free spirited. She's a bit like that chick in uh, Footloose that wore the red shoes. <laughs> she's got that kind of attitude about her. Um, she's, she goes out to talk to the deputy. I don't think she really wants to talk, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, she lights a candle and sees the sheriff, the, the deputy's dead body. Turns out she was talking to Mental Mickey the whole time, who was just sitting there pretending to be the, the, the deputy, and he impales her with a shotgun. Uh, Rachel gets a message that the state cops are on the way and then finds bodies fucking everywhere. She can't find Jamie. She bumps into Brady uh, and they get trapped inside. Remarkably, Brady doesn't try to shag her because he will literally <laughs> shag anything else that moves. Um, they find Jamie. Brady can't work a shotgun and gets offed. Uh, basically, he can't count to two. <laughs> it's, a, it's a double-barreled shotgun, Brady. <laughs> Meaning it has double barrels, ergo two. He gets pushed backwards. Michael Myers walks up, grabs the gun, and shoots off in the wrong direction. He falls backwards, still having another cartridge in the gun, stands up, and then tries to hit him with it. Yeah. I'm like, pull the fucking... Tri-. You know, there's enough distance, pull the... Tri-. No, you're just going to hit him in the head with a gun. Well done, son. Well he done. D- he doesn't deserve a gun. <laughs> Donnie P should not have been allowed one, but Eddie doesn't deserve one. Um. Yeah, and then thankfully he gets killed, and it's another brilliant thumb-killing scene. <laughs> um, turned out nobody thought to say to the director after the first one, oh, mate, I don't know about that. I don't, uh, yeah. I'm assuming somebody went up to him going like that. That thumb-kill looked really good, by the way. <laughs> Might want to bear that in mind for later on. Uh, Jamie and Rachel escape out onto the roof. Mental Mickey's following them. So again, we're seeing the whole kind of Jason Voorhees type unstoppable force thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel tries to lower Jamie off the roof. She fails to do so. Jamie gets caught kind of halfway. Rachel falls off the roof. We Jamie gets down and she's saying, oh, please don't die. Or Can't remember. Again, hats off to that wee girl. The bit where she's crying over Rachel's body was really quite harrowing. Yeah. For a film this bad. <laughs> do you know what I mean? She's she really is the best thing in this film, this wee girl. Um, then the magic mental Mickey appears right next to them. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Literally seconds later, so I'm assuming he can now levitate in a kind of Doctor Strange type way. Another wee comic book reference there. <laughs> uh, right, I must have lost interest at this point because my next bit says Loomis finds Jamie. I don't know how, right, but he does. And they head off to the schoolhouse. Again, don't know why. Um, Michael turns up, launches Donny P through a window, which I thought was quite funny. So Donny P's having a fairly shit day. Uh, Michael catches Jamie. The lynch mob turn up. Mm-hmm. Rachel saves her through a creative use of a fire extinguisher. Uh, and you can tell by my notes I've just fucking lost the will to live here because I've literally everything's a five word sentence they all leave the school they meet the state troopers they're heading into town mental Mickey was hiding under the truck there's a fight in the back of the truck <laughs> everyone else is unaware 
Enter Mickey rips the driver's face off. Rachel takes the wheel. Swerving about trying to shake Michael off. Runs over him. Not dead. Tries to kill Jamie. Everyone opens up on him. Sends him crashing into a grave. So that's the last half an hour of the film. <laughs> Condensed down. Yeah, so basically they're in a truck. There's a bit, you know, Michael pops up. I was hiding under the truck all along, look, and he's killing every cunt and the folk in the cabin of the truck are unaware to this. That just pissed me off. Kills the driver. Uh, Rachel takes over the driving, she's swerving about. And then he gets crashing into this pit, which actually becomes important in a wee while. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't sure if it was a pit or a grave. I thought it was a grave initially. And looking back, I think it was right. I think it is a grave. And that appears to be the end of fucking Michael Myers. We hope. Um, back at the parents' house, fucking Loomis turns up again, still whittling on about fucking Michael Myers. Yeah, he's not even cleaned up or anything. He is literally no. caked in blood. Yeah, and go, he's burning in hell and all this fucking shit. Shut the fuck up. Rachel's mother goes upstairs to run a bath, which I'm assuming was literally just an excuse to get away from Loomis. Um, and then we get the, the mask effect that we saw at the start of the first film again, like mm-hmm. looking through two eye holes of a mask. And you know, oh God, here comes Michael again, you know. We get, there's, there's a scream, and Loomis races up the stairs, so obviously we think it's Michael that's killing her. And he stops dead in his tracks, camera pans round, and it's Jamie. And she's wearing like the wee mask of her clown outfit, and she stabbed the fuck out the mother. I've got to say, I did not see that coming. Mm-hmm. Um, Apparently, neither did Donny P. No. It's not the greatest twist in the world, but it's not the worst. And when it's at the end of this film, it's actually very good. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It at least was vaguely original. To me, maybe I've not seen enough horror. Maybe everybody else goes, oh, fuck, of course, she's a killer or whatever. And it basically kind of finishes on that. The father appears, Rachel appears, and they're all just staring at me, Jamie, and she's standing there with the knife and looking all a bit kind of menacing. And Donald Pleasance is screaming no. Oh, okay. yeah, that's right. Yeah. He just oh, screaming no. no. He's like, he's like, oh. Shut up, Donald. He's, he's fucking, what's his face as Darth Vader at the end of fucking the third one? <laughs> no, oh, no. let's not have the stuff. Star Wars prequels are given again, Duncan. It's just the prequel. It's him. It's him on the thing. I could not have killed Padman. No, that's that's what Donny P's doing. What did you just call her? Padman or Padawan or fucking Padme or Padawan is an apprentice Jedi. I'll name Padme. Padme Amidala. I really stop getting Star Wars wrong. Really come down there, I will fuck you up in front of your family. That movie was the that was that movie made me lose interest in Natalie Portman, who's an actress that I really like. She has all the personality of Keanu Reeves. (laughs) (laughs) Like really, just genuine. Oh fuck, yeah. But Donny P's losing it, screaming no, as if this is. Yeah. No, the, the worst thing because it's just passed from one to another he's going to have to shoot her I, I love how he lifts it he tries to fucking shoot her as well yeah, the policeman has like, to like, sell the gun off her calm down Donnie she's about nine <laughs> do you know what I mean worst case scenario you have to pin her down the five years I'll be pinned her down and take that knife off her do you bolder, know what I mean? bolder ending to the movie because he doesn't actually see anyone dead he just hears a scream and then sees her at the top of the stairs with a pair of bloody, bloody scissors Let's say, for example, the mum slips and accidentally 
cuts herself with the scissors, dropping the scissors, the wee girl picks him up, brings him to the top of the stairs to get help. Donnie P shoots her. Better ending, Maz. That would have been a better ending, darling. <laughs> it would have been so dark and not worthy of this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's the end. Yeah, of this so movie. that's fucking Halloween part four. Um, in my notes at the end, I basically see that it's practically indistinguishable from some of the Friday the 13th films now. Yeah. And that's kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like you said, Friday the 13th was initially made as a cheaper version of Halloween. Yeah. It only did the two films, and then in the intervening time, Friday the 13th had raced on, and it's like somebody thought, right, well, they're kind of popular, let's just make that shite, but we'll, we'll have Michael Myers instead of Jason, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's just a really lazy fucking piece of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. It's like they stop giving any kind of fuck about a plot at all, and it's almost like it's now a parody of itself. Mm-hmm. It's just so fucking lazy. People could say that the second one is a bit lazy. I like to think of the second one as just been another hour and a half of the first Halloween film. Uh, I, I, Do you I know think of I mean? exactly the same way, Baz. That's um, what I look at it as well. And, and, and I'm alright with that. I'm totally cool with that. Do you know what I mean? I know in those days it, a film only had to be kind of 90 minutes longer. You know, no longer, no shorter kind of thing, you know? So I'm, I'm absolutely fine with that. This is just really fucking lazy. Mm-hmm. You know, you just had a good fucking premise. You were arguably the first ones to fucking do it. And now you've just gone, right, let's just make it formulaic as fuck. I genuinely had lost all interest in this film about 15 to 20 minutes in. Yeah, just yeah. stopped giving any kind of fuck about it. Um, and my last note, and I actually wrote this this morning, um, was the, 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 the really the only good thing, and this is the wee girl playing Jamie. She's a very good wee actress considering her age. Um, she's, she's really quite good in this film, considering what she's got to fucking work with as well. Um, I, it's not a good film. I don't know if I'm possibly becoming jaded to the slasher genre. It's not my favourite genre. Um, we've covered quite a lot of slasher films now. They don't really do it for me. Um, I kind of... I like the fact that I'm getting to see these films that I've heard so much about, but that really only works for the first few. You know, the early Friday the 13th, the early Nightmare on Elm Street, by the time it gets to fucking the later ones, you're like, oh God, just fucking finish. This is essentially part three. You know what I mean? If we're yeah. taking season of the witch out of the equation, it's way too early to be this fucking way too shit. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's just not pleasant as a fucking embarrassment. Um, it's to, in, in fairness, in fairness to, and I'm. There's no way he can ramp back that character after that second movie. There's no, no way he can do it. He's he. he I, from his point of view, I imagine they set up this idea that Pleasance in the second movie is ultimately going to take down Michael Myers by sacrificing himself. You know what I mean? So he's ultimately going to become crazy to catch crazy. So that precedent's been set. Uh-huh. So if, if that character comes back, he can't be any less crazy. You know, it has to be more crazy because it's a horror movie and we have to amp up everything. So it kind of is not his fault... Really? You know, he thought his character died at the end of the second one, just like everyone else did. Yeah, no, and I, I thought that was quite brave, killing him off at the end of the second one as well. It is. Huge, you know hugely I mean? brave. That's, I mean, but that's, 
to me, that's where, if you look at things like, like Nightmare on Elm Street and um, Friday the 13th never have that issue because they never have the one person following our, our, our villain throughout all the movies. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Uh, the, the, uh, Tommy, Tommy Jarvis is the only one. And they got around that by by casting Tommy Jarvis originally as, as Feldman, as a kid, and then as two different actors in two movies after. You know what I mean? So it wasn't the same character following through, and all those three incarnations of those characters are completely different as well. And you can argue continuity, and I've, you know we've done that already when we looked at it, but... Donald Pleasance has returned again for this one, and FYI returns again in part five. Um, you know what I mean? He's at this point. His, he's just going. He has. He's trying to be Loomis. <laughs> uh, Loomis is a crazy man, obsessed. Once again, we've mentioned it before. He's Ahab hunting the white whale. He's um, and he's so over the top in this movie that it gets to the point where you like if I'm writing the movie, if I'm directing this movie, I'm like that, we kill him off in this movie. You know what I mean? We like in this we don't want this character to continue on because he's fucking crazy. Um <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and then Donald's lost the ability to act, so let's just fucking kill this dead. Yeah, he's he's and in and, and fairness, in fairness to Donald Pleasance as well, this is very late on in his career and I can't remember I believe he died um, of shame. <laughs> Baz, that's terrible. The thing is, he did a, a movie called uh, Phenomena, uh, aka Creepers, uh, which is an Argento movie from about 88, I think it is, about maybe 86, 87, 88. And when you see him in that movie, he's playing a Scotsman, which is pretty funny. Um, but his acting's fucking great in that movie. Absolutely great. So it's not that the actor has just no longer got it. It's the role is ridiculous. And as a result, you can't put these thespians, when you put these thespians and ask them to act ridiculous, they go theatre ridiculous, which is not the same as dramatic ridiculous. Um, And yeah, he is, he is. You are right in this movie. Daniel Harris steals the whole fucking movie. She's an uh, incredible young actress and you see why they bring her back one year later in part five. Because she is an incredible actress, an incredible talent who's went on to do things. Um, Well, let's let's call a spade a spade before we jump on here um, to, to, to discuss part five. Right, the glaring... If you were to sum up the five glaring issues with part four what what are the five biggest reasons that you think that part four just doesn't hit like part two or part one uh, there is no expl- there's no reason for them coming back there's no no good explanation for bringing them back right you know, it's, it's, just, it's just skated over um there's even less reason to bring loomis back into it yep third one there's no jamie lee yeah, I think that's a huge issue for me. I mean, she is the character I would expect to see before Michael Myers yeah, and before she, Loomis. And she does appear in some of the much later ones because I've seen it on the cover of my DVD. Yes. You know, her face is on the cover of that H2O one, so they do bring Jamie Lee back at one point. Do you know what movie she was in the year this came out? Um, Trading Places. No, Trading Places is 83. Oh... So it's, um, it's a couple of years after Halloween 2. I um, don't know then. What, what movie? Uh, it was the Monty Python movie, A Fish Called Wanda. Ah, uh, with John Cleese. Yeah, yeah. 
Ah, right. That was a huge hit at the time as well, wasn't it? Fucking massive, yeah. It was yeah. a huge, huge comedy. So she, by this point, is very far away from doing horror movies. You know what I mean? She's yeah. like, no, I'm actually doing movies now. I'm not doing these, these slasher movies. And Jamie Lee Curtis has, like, she's embraced our, our horror background in later life, but there was a huge period during the late 80s and early 90s where she didn't want to be even mentioned with horror movies. She kind of thought they were beneath her. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Jamie Lee, a huge, huge issue in this movie. Yeah, so she's not glossed over. Back. Yeah, and, and that kind of ties into my fourth one, and that he literally only wants to kill this child because it's the daughter of his sister. Yeah. Uh, um, which again, it doesn't really fucking work. She, she's a, even though you're a fucking psychopath, you wouldn't want to kill the seven-year-old fucking kid just because she was your sister's kid. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, and five just because you just fucking shouldn't have. Yeah, agreed. I get a hundred, a hundred percent. It, it, it's. I, I mean, part of me is I'm, I'm super happy that you're coming in where I come in with this movie, because um, like I say, there are a lot of people out there, and I know our buddy Myron was saying that he is an apologist for the franchise, and that's fine. I mean. I do the same with Friday the 13th. Paz has experienced yeah, it. Yeah, I apologise yeah. for the flaw. You you get invested with a franchise and you stick with it. And it's frustrating for me because Halloween is the one that kind of really sets the ball rolling for this sort of this See, sort of subgenre. And it's the one that shits the bed the quickest. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. What I think really, really fucking annoyed me about it was, was I genuinely, particularly the first Halloween film I think is head and shoulders, best of the slashers that I've seen. Yeah. Um, and the second one, like I say, I just view that as an extension of the first one, so I'm totally fucking cool with that. And I quite liked what they did with the third one. So, up to that point, I would have probably said, out of the three franchises that I've been involved in, Halloween was probably my favourite. Mm-hmm. And this just takes that idea, bends it over fucks it in the ass and doesn't even say sorry do you know what I mean or ask permission it just fucking anally rapes it um, oh, and yeah. as, as ridiculous as the the how they bring back the character in this one the next one has one of my favourites of all time in terms of this just made any fucking sense at all um, and I think that's probably a good time to jump out and uh, anything else you want to say about this one Baz? No, just get me the fuck out of here don't <laughs> what about my grade big man grade me up I think once again it's an A plus I think you are I don't think there's going to be oh, anything oh yeah <laughs> so happy um, so happy for that grade that only makes its way online and not on paper um, yeah I like that Baz you're, you're easily pleased and that makes me happy um, but yeah I, I think uh, this there's nothing going to be in, in any of these movies I think that's going to it'll be interesting with the later ones because uh, I don't know where you'll fall like I didn't know where you were going to fall before but I have a rough idea of how the other two are going to go now um, so yeah we're going to take a short break just now um, you're going to hear more promos for shows that we love you're going to hear the trailer for a second movie review of this Baz v Michael Myers oh, this is the part two and we're going to be talking about the fifth movie Halloween 5 from the following year 1989 my god it's Halloween 5, myself and the Baz coming back to discuss it right after this. 
Hello? Hello. Who is this? Who are you trying to reach? I don't know. Um, I think you've got the wrong number. Do I? I'm going to hang up. Wait. Don't hang up. What's that noise? Popcorn? You're making popcorn. Uh-huh. to listen to a podcast. Oh, really? Which one? Probably the podcast on Haunted Hill. Is that the one with the two guys with the beards? Uh, yeah, Dan and Gav. Dan and Gav, yeah. That podcast was scary. I liked it. Most episodes, they look at two different horror movies. Each episode, they look at a world of a strange, where they look at weird things from around the world. Sometimes, they even do special episodes where they look at different genres or directors' discographies and talk about them. Maybe. So where can I find the podcast on Haunted Hill? Well, you can go to legionpodcast.com, Facebook, Twitter, or just go into iTunes and search for the podcast on Haunted Hill. So, are you going to ask me out? Um. Sheriff? They want you down at the cemetery. Today in the cemetery, somebody dug up a coffin. Was a coffin of a nine-year-old girl. You've come back to us, my When are they going to realize that she is not him, she's just a child? They know that Michael Myers is her uncle and that she attacks her stepmother. That's why they fear her, especially on Halloween. You are afraid. You're afraid the whole thing might start to happen again. How many people did he kill last year? Have you forgotten? But you never looked into his face, did you? You never saw his eyes. You never saw that nothing, no expression, blank. My memory goes back 12 years. I prayed that he would burn in hell. But in my heart, I knew that hell would not Michael Myers is outside. The National Guard will take him to a maximum security facility where he'll stay till the day he dies. Never die. Welcome back. So you've just had the trailer for our second movie review. This is Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers from 1989. Woo! Uh, this one is directed by Dominique Othin Gerard. I think that's how you pronounce that name. I hope it is. Uh, this hey, it's no. Or how would you pronounce it then? I don't know, I can't even see it in front of me, but I just know you're wrong. You're always <laughs> wrong with these things. <laughs> the movie stars... 
Donald Pleasance, Big Donny P, back again. Yay. <laughs> Daniel Harris, Ellie Cornell, Bo Starr, a lot of the people from the previous movie, actually. Jeffrey Landman, Tamara Glynn, Jonathan Chapin, Matthew Walker, Wendy Foxworth, other people are in this movie. The synopsis is set one year after the events of Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers from 1988, the shape returns to Field once again in an attempt to kill his now mute niece. What the fuck is the shape? The shape... Have we not been through this? Um, originally, originally in the original Halloween script, Michael Myers as an adult, as the killer, is referred to as the shape because you don't see him a lot in the movie and he's mostly in the shadows. So that's how uh, John Carpenter wrote the character as the shape. Um, So Michael Myers was the kid, uh, the killer itself wearing the mask and all the rest was the shape. So Yeah, it gets carried on, he's referred to as the shape um, in some of the notes and and stuff like that. See, that's how he's referred to. By this point, we're past that, though. He's just my first. Um, so I'm quite surprised to see that. So, yeah. Um, set one year after. Now, Baz, look, I, yeah. I feel the need to jump in again, like yeah. I did on four. I remember liking part five less than part four. Yeah. And I remember it being a bad movie. And then I watched it last night, and I don't know where you're going to come in on this one. It's a fucking awful movie. Um, I really struggled to finish this one last night, and people were were messaging me on Facebook giving me some support um, but yeah I did not like I really disliked this movie which surprised me because uh, I know how much I hate part 6 um, so yeah this was not a good one and I- I'm looking very much forward to talking about how they resurrect the character in this one because this is this is even lazier than the other one, like because at least they make an attempt to try and justify something in this one, but it's just <clears> stupid. So yeah, so I went through this one. You went through this one today. Um, back to a, a little morning viewing, Baz, was it? It was indeed. <clears throat> Sorry, folks, you'll need to excuse me. I've not had any eat since breakfast, so I've just opened a tub of olives uh, to basically take the taste of this fucking Budweiser out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm choking on a little bit of green olive. <laughs> olive and Budweiser. Oh my god. Living the dream. What an age we live in, Buzz. Honestly, I wish my wife would hurry up and come home. She's been out all day at a party. <laughs> Just wish she would come home and feed me. I'm eating, <laughs> all, I'm eating olives out of Tupperware and drinking Budweiser, which I despise. <laughs> oh my god, right. Um, yeah, so, uh, Buzz. I'm sorry, right, but I kind of feel that, and I'm going to go into more detail at the end of this episode overall, but when I think about where we could have been on part five of the Hellraiser films, we could have been talking about Inferno, which isn't an amazing movie, but has a really fucking great story behind it, and has acted really well, and all the rest, and I'm stuck doing this because you wanted to do Halloween. You voted for this, so... Motherfucker, tell us what you thought of Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers from 1989. Oh, sorry, uh, I wasn't really listening to you there, Duncan. I was looking <laughs> at the uh, the picture of Daniel Harris that you sent me on my phone yes. while everybody else was listening to the trailer of this. I'm going to apologise in advance, folks. If I make really inappropriate sexual statements about a girl who in this film was only nine years old, I apologise, it's because I'm looking at a picture of her when she's much older. Yes. And she's just wearing a wee bra and panties. 
Yeah. She's a bit of a looker. She certainly is, Duncan. <laughs> uh, but you're fucking with my mojo here, big man. <laughs> Halloween 5. The Revenge of Michael Myers. Yeah. Fuck my ass. Right. <laughs> that should have been the name of it. Halloween 5. The Revenge of Michael Myers. In brackets. Fuck my ass. <laughs> Fuck my ass and my life. Because I have to watch this. Um... <laughs> It starts with a recap of the end of part four, mm-hmm. which I didn't really require because I'd watched it the night before. And we see basically the scene kind of at the graveyard, I think it is, where uh, basically Rachel swerving about in the car, mental Mickey gets launched into the graveyard, and wee Jamie goes over to his body and she's kind of touching his hand and all that. And, sorry, oh God, the, the fucking olives are coming back to me. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, right. And we see the sheriff and the fucking lynch mob open up on him. And we see him crash into the, the open grave that's there. Uh, what we then see, which we didn't see in the last one, is Michael then crawling through what appears to be a sewer tunnel that has been built into the open grave. And then collapse into a river and get washed down river and end up at an old drifter's shack. He then looks after him for the best part of a year. Well, d- does he look after him, or does Michael Myers fall asleep for a year and then just wake up? Well, right, well, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, don't <laughs> In fairness, what you say sounds li- What you've said sounds idiotic <laughs> until you see the film. And actually, it's probably as valid a fucking theory as mine was. So, it's up to yourselves, listeners, what way you fall. Either the fucking old man looks after a serial killer that washed up at his wee shack and never asks him to take the boiler suit or the mask off, or he just sleeps for a year like Rip Van Winkle. He's not, he's not, he isn't wearing, see there are things that maybe support your, your theory in that he isn't wearing the mask when he wakes up, the mask is hanging up and he reaches up to grab it puts the mask on but he is cleanly shaven and his hair looks kind of short so maybe you're right it's just pish and there doesn't look like there's a calendar anywhere around but Michael Myers knows it's Halloween Um, the the, the timing is beyond (laughs) fucking coincidental Um, but being honest whatever way you fall in the series nobody wins here (laughs) (laughs) no I mean we all fucking lose on this one. Um, yeah. So then he wakes up or gets up his, his bed on Halloween Eve. Uh, decides enough's enough. Kills the old guy that's basically looked after him for a year. Uh, and then fucks off. So it's a year later. And then we see me Jamie for the first time. That she's in a hospital bed. Mm-hmm. Which is... Uh, I think I mentioned in my tweets a part four... It's like, where the fuck did they get the mask from in this wee town? <laughs> Do they have a 24-hour William Shatner mask shop <laughs> in Haddonville, right? And this is a bit like the 24-hour occult bookshop that we saw <laughs> in uh, Friday the 13th. So Haddonfield, while it's a wee fucking backwater hick town, has a 24-hour William Shatner mask shop. And a handily placed child psychiatric unit. 
which is packed to the fucking gunnels, it's got to be said. So there's a very poor rate of mental health amongst the young folks of Haddonfield, which possibly led to them building this facility in the middle of fucking nowhere, which just works very well. Oh, I can't even... I've not even got the fucking energy to be facetious about this film. Um, <laughs> Jamie's in a hospital bed and she's dreaming about attacking her foster mum. Now, we were left basically thinking she killed her. Yes. Right. The nurse then says, do you want me to call your mum? So, right, she didn't kill her. Mm-hmm. So you just stabbed her up a bit kind of thing. It's like she's kind of possessed by Michael Myers a little bit. It seems to be a wee bit more extreme than the the kind of psychic connection that was hinted at in, in part four. Um, they make more emphasis in the flashback at the beginning of the movie of her touching Michael's hand. Yeah, as, and, as if some evil spirit was transferred in yeah. at this fucking point. Fuck off, people that make havoc. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> she then she's freaking out a bit and she's got a wee chalkboard turns out she can't speak anymore mm-hmm. quite sure that happened and she scribbles on a chalkboard that he's coming for me mental Mickey kills the old man Jamie goes into a fit um, and she seems to be getting strangled at the same time as Michael is strangling the old man it's, it's, it, it's off flimsy and pish and kind of confusing <laughs> Um. You'll notice the derisory fucking tone in my voice for most of this review. Mm-hmm. Then uh, they're in a surgical, like a theatre, like a hospital theatre, not a, not a fucking Shakespeare's theatre. Like you know, like a, a, a surgical room, and they're they're trying to stop the wee girl asphyxiating as she appears to be. Right out the blue, mad wee Donny P just fucking pops up behind <laughs> the fucking surgeon. <laughs> must have shit himself. You know what I mean? Who, what, where the fuck did you come from? Who are you? And what the fuck is that growing out your face? <laughs> I shot him six times, six it's times. Like, it's like something out the Muppet show. It's fucking idiotic. And he basically yeah. was like, she's got something to tell us. But mate, get the fuck out. Who let him out of his room? Can we have him sedated and restrained and find out where he's escaped from? Because he's not fucking right in the head. I love, I love, I love this idea of Donald Pleasance being like a, a proper method actor. So in between parts four and five, continued to wear the prosthetic. Yeah, and just, just like rock himself to sleep in a corner of a room. Yeah. <laughs> so the next morning we see Rachel. So she's still on the go. Uh, she's kind of falling asleep next to Jamie's bed. So it looks like Jamie tried to kill her more, mm-hmm. which is all right. Where. Alright, fair enough. Maybe she she understands the wee girl was traumatised or something or fucking whatever, but you you would be a wee bit narked at regardless of the age. Do you know what I mean? You'd be like, you try to stab my maw hen. And I don't know how hot you're going to grow up to look like, so I can't even give you that benefit of the doubt. Turns out you're going to be smoking when you're older, but I don't know that yet. <laughs> so... I told you you ruined this fucking review, but then... <laughs> You've absolutely fucked it in the ass. Anyway, 
Yeah, so then I've written here that nobody seems particularly concerned about Jamie's little stabby turn that she took at the end of the last film. They appear to kind of gloss over that quite a bit. Loomis turns up again, presumably teleported into the room. <laughs> like he did into the surgical fucking bit earlier on. Rachel's going away for a couple of days. She mentions her mum and dad at this point, so it's kind of confirmed that the mother didn't die, which again I thought was a bit of a fucking shitey cop out. Uh, well, yeah, I think the only way you can keep Granted, that in... It, pays, it pales in the insignificance compared <laughs> to the previous ones we've seen, but it's yeah, still to, a bit shite. To, to me, the logical thing in this movie is to make her a killer now. Yeah. Pass, pass the evil on, she is now Michael Myers, so we then jump ahead and she's now... The, but no, it's almost as if they're like that, no, no, we need Michael Myers in this movie, and if we've got Michael Myers in this movie, we can't have two evil people in this movie yeah. we can only have one which means that we need to make sure that little Jamie here is not evil and to make her not evil we need to basically one undo what we did in the previous movie or what we thought the audience believed in the previous movie and two but like the amount of blood that was dripping off those scissors she gutted her mother yeah. right there's no just like it was a small flesh wound fucking killed her right um, and the second thing they need to do is try and make atonement for it by as you will get into in your review, creating this really interesting scenario of her being able to see what Michael Myers is doing. Which is silly. To say the least, excuse me while I digest this all. Um, <laughs> You're putting yourself through this, I love it. I know, I'm so hungry. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's kind of like in 24, when basically Jack Bauer contracted that fucking killer virus that kills everybody, but managed to save the world just before he dies and then turns up like a year later because they, in the intervening time, they found a fucking cure for him. <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> what really annoyed me about that season of 24, and I know this is a bit of a tangent, they introduced a female kind of CTU agent or FBI agent and I thought she's going to be the new Jack Bauer. They're going to make a really brave decision here, kill Kiefer Sutherland's character and continue 24 with this girl as the main fucking hero in it. Nah, we're just going to bring him back for the dead with an imaginary fucking cure. <laughs> Fuck you, 24. Fuck you, Halloween franchise. Well, you, for you didn't know, Baz, and this is not true. This is, in fact, for the purposes of the joke, it's 100% true, Baz. What you don't know is the guy that wrote Halloween 5 wrote that season of 24. Yeah, that'd be cool if it was true. It would be, actually, and it would make a lot of sense. No sense when watching, to but avoid, a lot of sense. To avoid confusion, it's absolutely not true. <laughs> <laughs> People use that like quiz nights. Aye. <laughs> hey. Then some prick throws a brick through the window with a wee note on it saying that the evil child must die. Yeah. It's fucking beyond cliche, has to be said. And I don't normally talk that wanky. That's how outraged I am. <laughs> um, Mental Mickey's watching Rachel for a bush. So he's gone from, you know, world's top serial killer to fucking toilet pervert. <laughs> years when he was in the coma in the wee shack. Um, Jamie then's got a kind of vision about Michael attacking the Doug 
she manages to communicate this to Loomis, who phones Rachel, who goes downstairs to check, and the dog, fucking hell, the dog's no there. Mental Mickey's in the house. Loomis tells her to get the fuck out. She escapes. Then the cops turn up, and the dog appears. And this is what starts to fucking really, really fucking annoy me about this film. Mm-hmm. Like, the visions. It's just like what you said, right? So they have to give, like, the character of Jamie this you know, like plausible excuse kind of thing for what happened in the previous film uh, by giving her the visions of what Michael's doing, but then they're not even right half the time. Yeah. So it's just fucking pish. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so the whole thing looks like a false alarm. There's two cops turn up and we get the weirdest fucking Tom and Jerry type sound effects mm-hmm. with these two cops. I'm assuming it's to portray them as bumbling fools. Yeah. But you really need the noise of fucking doorbells and springs going on. <laughs> I, I honestly, I fucking rewound it. Like, did I? I'm like, did my iPad just make that noise or some fucking thing? That definitely did not come out this film. Mm-hmm. Rewound it. Totally fucking did. What the fuck? Yeah. Explain that to me right now, McLeish. Um, I can't really actually. T- t- to be... Oh, then it's really fucking bad if you can't explain it away, sir. <laughs> t- to be to be honest, it reminded me of like movies from like the seventies um, and seventies horror movies and exploitation movies. They would almost be used um, like goofy music as a way to try and inject some sort of levity into see the subject matter. The obvious one that springs to mind is Last House on the Left, which is the Wes Craven um, movie, which involves like rape and torture. And the cops in that have this kind of, what can only be described as Smokey and the Bandit Hillbilly music playing in the background as they bumble around the place making mistakes throughout the entire movie. Um, I don't, I don't get I, I don't understand why this is here in this one um, at all. It makes no fucking sense at all. And, and no. it's such a huge departure yeah, from that, that, the I year genuinely, before. I'm making a joke at my iPad, but I genuinely thought the sound had come from somewhere else. Yeah. I was like, that can't possibly be connected to that film. What happened there? Rewound it. Oh no, it's a sound effect in the film. What the yeah. fuck? You know what I mean? It's really, really, really bad. Oh. Like, things like... Like, the original time that Dreaded Sundown and stuff like that all use the same device, and for whatever reason, it's always done around police officers, and to me, this is not the movie to do it in, and why. Yeah. And, like, like the previous movie is only a year before. You gradually introduce these sort of things. You don't just, oh, the police are here, boing! Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's... <laughs> Benny Hill turned up, you know what I mean? It's fucking ridiculous. It's absolutely, and it happens so early in the movie that after you've already seen so many ridiculous things, then that happens and you're just like, what the fuck am I watching? Yep. Yep. Right. Sorry, I'm going to be black all of this time. I've been black all of this. I've now condensed the next 10 minutes of the film into one line. Oh. Rachel gets dressed. Michael's in the cupboard. Dog is going mental. Someday, and I can't remember who, finds a smashed photo of Jamie. Mm-hmm. Oh, Rachel finds a smashed photo of Jamie. Yes. Gets stabbed by Michael. Jamie has a seizure. Donnie P's been a fucking weirdo. 
down. Say I condensed down the 10 minutes. I did. But I've also condensed down Donald Pleasance's entire performance in this film into those last six words. <laughs> yeah, it's just a fucking weirdo in this film. He brings nothing to the film at all other than an unsettling level of weirdness. He's, he has somehow tangibly linked her visions to what Michael Myers is doing and no one believes him. So once again, this must be the only scenario where a character in every single movie that he's been in, even though he's proved right by the end of it, is once again disbelieved. At this stage, if, if Donnie P had said to me, the anyone in Haddonfield had been sitting down, any police officer anyway had been sitting down and Donnie P had said, this are the winning lotto numbers for tomorrow, I'd put the fucking numbers on. Because he's been right about everything. Yeah. And he's like, well, no, she can see what's that, you know. But it doesn't help that he's, he approaches it the wrong way. If he approaches it, maybe his insane theory from a more rational or reasonable point of view, people might believe him. But when he's trying to, like, basically shake the life like a, like a, like a fucking English nanny on a toddler, um, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, you know, out of this girl who's already wired up to the fucking brim with God knows what devices saying you tell me what you see tell me what you see like this it's a bit fucking it's a bit heavy handy oh. plus she can't speak His... what's he expecting from her she can't write if you're shaking her she's going to be shaky writing he takes over acting in this film to a new fucking level <laughs> he out Shatner Shatner he fucking out shits shit to be quite honest <laughs> um <laughs> moving on Rachel's pals turn up at the house looking like something out of a Kiss video from the 80s. Bet your motor was running at that, Baz. I cracked one or two out to that, actually. <laughs> I'm not going to fucking lie. <laughs> and this is what's kind of weird, because they actually then turn out to be the kind of main leads in the film. Yeah. So it is an odd thing in this film. It's like the, the first kind of half hour isn't really about the people involved in the film, with the exception of Jamie, obviously, and Mad Donny P. Mm-hmm. Um, because we've just seen... Uh, Rachel get killed well we're assuming she's been killed um, and then these other characters appear now we did see one of the girls before in a kind of sort of small scene earlier on so they turn up looking all hot and 80s looking it's weird that that turns me on it really is but it's just my age it's just my age I promise uh, they turn up at the house they manage to completely miss Michael who is creeping about in the house um, they then go to try and find Jamie or something like that. One of their boyfriends turns up, he's a fucking douchebag. He's got a wee car that he's obsessed with. Uh, they drive off rather than go and see Jamie. Um, Jamie then sees Michael outside her window. She tries to hide, she gets chased about the hospital for a bit, a janitor finds her. Loomis kind of accuses her of protecting him. Loomis has completely fucking lost the plot and actually has yeah. no bearing on the fucking plot of this film anyway. <laughs> I've written here he's a complete fucking freak in this film, and he is. Then this guy gets off a bus in a black trench coat and kind of cowboy boots with steel toes. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't know what he's there for. Will we find out, though? Mm. We'll come back to that. It's also telling that right at the very start of the movie, um, you see a symbol, which we've never seen before, which appears to be a tattoo on Michael Myers' wrist. 
They, at the start of the, I completely missed that at the start of the film. Yeah, there's a weird kind of pagan-esque symbol on on Michael Myers' wrist when he's down at the bottom of the grave, which we've never seen before, oh. even though we've had plenty oh. of shots of him walking about yeah. and See. seeing those wrists, and that could have possibly been burned off in the fire damage, um, but no, they're there. That... I'm not going to say any more about that, Baz. I'm just going to say wait for part six. Yeah, see, that this does not bode well for part six. The, <laughs> the next line in my notes basically says, Loomis goes back to the Myers house looking for Michael. Just, just on the off chance, I suppose. The mysterious stranger is there. He has a tattoo. Ah, so I clocked yes. the tattoo on the mysterious stranger, but not on fucking Michael. That depresses me even more. <laughs> Um, it's the opening shot in the movie as well. You're just like, and the focus, the camera does focus on it. So you were obviously yeah. That actually, point. I tell you, I tell you, I missed that. Probably it was very light outside my living room window, and that scene's very dark, and it was hard to make it out. Like I was, it took me a wee minute to realise that Michael had crawled through a kind of drain thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's probably how I missed it. Anyway, the girls are still kicking about in the town. The creepy boyfriend guy tries to get off with his car at one point. Um, Michael's watching them. Again, been a wee toilet pervert. Uh, he kills the car-obsessed boyfriend, which is good. Um, and then turns up in the car to collect Tina, which is the kind of main one of the friends, which is fucking stupid. He basically wears a different mask. He wears a mask that the guy had. She doesn't know it's him gets into the car, drives about for a while, gets dropped off for fags and all this. I think if that was, or rather if that wasn't me, my wife would go like, don't think you're Barry. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Jamie is another one of these fucking seizures. I've lost all interest in them. Um, she tells Loomis, Loomis that Michael's after Tina. Cops arrive and save Tina. Uh, Michael disappears. Oh, how much is there left of this? <laughs> oh, God, there's a wee bit yet. Um, Jamie then starts talking. I can't remember exactly why, but suddenly <laughs> she regains the ability to speak. Tina still decides going to try and find her creepy-ass boyfriend is more important than this fucking event, so she fucks off. Lewis makes the cops follow her. She goes to a party. Presumably because she's so happy that her wee sister can speak, she thought, I'll get my freak on at this party. <laughs> Mysterious stranger still creeping about. By this point, he's starting to irritate me now. Remind, he reminded me of the character I had in my head when I read Stephen King's The Dark Tower, if that makes sense to anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've written here Jamie Escapes. I don't even know why she was fucking not, you know, like, c captured or whatever. I've, I cannot be bothered talking about this anymore, don't. Um, <laughs> she goes looking for Tina. Everybody seems to have forgotten about Rachel. I've no noted that down, because basically she's died. They went looking for her earlier on and then just seem more yeah, and, they're, they're, like, fingered. No one, no one, there's a serial killer on the loose. Yeah. One of the pivotal characters from the previous movie can't be found. Let's just go on as if everything's all right. Yeah. The girls play a prank on some cops with a guy that's dressed up as Michael Myers. Again, we've fucking seen this. Stop doing the, the same fucking thing over and over again, the same trope. Do you know what I mean? They end up in a barn with some fucking tiny wee cats. Big Michael's on the prowl. 
Tina gets out of there, Michael kills the other two while they're at the writing. Uh, there was quite an elongated erotic scene that <laughs> was probably quite hot at the fucking time. It pales into comparison with the filth I can find on the internet nowadays. <laughs> um, like I, I could probably actually find people having sex and getting stabbed with pitchforks. I think if you type that into fucking form, you'll probably find something. Do you know what I mean? You would be able to find it on today's sponsor, you <laughs> When you just have to stroke it, you porn. <laughs> Like I am right now. Um, <laughs> the the party then inexplicably breaks up. Tina goes looking for the other two. Jamie turns up with a wee boyfriend pal thing she's picked up along the way. Tina finds the bodies. Cops are dead in the car. Michael starts chasing her about in the car. Jamie distracts him and runs off into the woods. Michael follows her out the woods in the car. Tina goes after them. Michael crashes his car. It, it's oh, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so fucking bad. I'm actually bored even talking about it. Um, <laughs> shockingly, Michael tries to kill Jamie. Never seen that coming. Tina jumps in and gets stabbed instead. Jamie's wee pal turns up and drags her off out of the woods. Loomis finds them. The authorities turn up. Uh, and then Loomis just fucking loses his shit altogether and basically uses this nine-year-old child as bait for a serial killer. Mm -hmm. uh, he's shouting to Michael in the woods, go home and we'll start what you've finished, what you've started, or I don't fucking know, something like that. Uh, he's then getting Jamie in the house as bait, there's cops everywhere. Uh, Jamie seems to think that Michael's going for a wee pal Billy, so the cops all race off like you would. Uh, Loomis stays at the house because he knows it's a trick. Michael's going to turn up. And he locks Jamie and the sheriff in the house so they can't get out, so he, he's just been a dick now. Why the sheriff doesn't shoot him in his weird wee face is beyond me. <laughs> um, Michael kills a cop outside. Donnie's lost it by this point. Donnie lost it about five points ago, to be quite honest. Um, <laughs> Michael faces off with Loomis. Loomis is banging on about Jamie being able to stop the rage within him and all this shit. Mm -hmm. um, seems to get through for a minute and then fucks up. Michael attacks him. Cop tries to lower Jamie out a window. The, the people in this film have no fucking qualms. But hanging that wee girl off a of fucking roofs and stuff on the end of wee bits of rope. Um, it, it's one step away from not in bed sheets together, do you know what I mean? Uh, Michael breaks into the room and strangles the cop with the rope ladder. Jamie tries to hide in a laundry chute, falls out of the basement, trapped inside the chute. Michael's stabbing the chute. She manages to climb back up again, finds a dead dog. She finds Rachel at this point, which is kind of harrowing. Yeah. And she inexplicably gets into this weird coffin-shaped thing. Michael comes over, going to kill her. She's in the coffin already. She calls him uncle and he stops. Mm -hmm. She has to see his face. You're just like me. How? <laughs> Fucking how? He's all disfigured. We know that. We saw it in one of the earlier films. It's nothing like you at all, You're a nine-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. He's a disfigured homicidal maniac and a CU Jimmy wig. <laughs> He's not like you at all, hen. Um, 
Right, Michael then cries. And she drives, so, right, he's cracked, she's beat him. She tries to wipe away the tear, he freaks out and gets all stabby again. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's only a couple more lines left. Loomis tries to fucking lure Michael out by using Jamie again, catches him in a fucking chain net thing that he had for the... So we've gone for Tom and Jerry, it's now a wily Coyote fucking cartoon, right? <laughs> he tries to kill him, can he? Collapses on the body, looks like Loomis is dead, I really fucking hope he is. <laughs> how, does it, how does it live on this for the years? You're skipping for something amazing here. Michael Myers has been shot six times, yeah. then shot a whole lot more, shot in the eyes twice, yeah. burned alive. At the, the whole of the time. Sun. Yeah, <laughs> the heart of the sun. The whole town of these redneck vigilantes who were there a year ago who are apparently not interested or giving a fuck that Michael Myers is back again. Yeah. Now, if I was a hillbilly in the area and I found that what, what I thought I killed the year before was still alive, I'd go after him. But they're not here now. They're, they've, they've, they've disappeared from existence. But, Baz, right, all these things. Donald Pleasance believes that if he puts Michael Myers on a chain and hits him with a 2 by 4 right. he's going to kill him. Malcolm him in the face with a bit of wood. I'm fearless you and I didn't count, but I think if we did, I think he hit him six times. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me at all. It would add nothing to this film, but it would not surprise me. <laughs> so it, look, it looks like the exertion killed Loomis, we can but fucking hope. Um, but it's enough to take Michael down. Mm-hmm. Fucking bizarrely. The cops have got him locked up. They're moving to a maximum security prison for life. Maybe they start to take his mask off at this point. Then this fucking stranger earlier on turns up and shoots the place up. No reason given. Just shoots the place up. Jamie goes back into the cop station. Everyone's fucking dead. And it looks like Michael's escaped. And Jamie starts sobbing no. Uh, and that's the fucking end of it. Right, now, obviously I have my notes at the end of each one. Mm-hmm. Weird ending, who the fuck is the stranger guy? That's the that's my notes. Yeah. That's how much I gave a fuck. <laughs> and it's right, it's very obviously fucking set up for an, another sequel. Yeah. Right, because we've got this mysterious fucking tattooed stranger dressed like something that feels of the Nephilim. <laughs> right. Who kicks about, wanders about aimlessly through the town for the best part of the movie, and then suddenly bursts in and shoots about fucking 100 policemen dead and breaks out a fucking serial killer guy. Do you know what I mean? Of course, it's going to lead to another fucking film. Tragically, I don't want to see that film because this gave <laughs> me as much as it did. It's just. I complained about the last film being formulaic. This film is fucking borderline insulting. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You should have at least found, if you're going to bring in weird fucking superhero bounty hunters, then at least fucking explain them a bit. You cannot just bring that guy in like that, have that happen at the end and give you nothing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's too obvious that you're making another film. And that to me is just a fucking kick in the tits. What made you, <laughs> what made you sit through 90 minutes of utter shite 
just so that you're forced to fucking come and watch another 90 minutes of it because the ending of the film barely makes fucking sense but you know there may be an answer coming later in 18 months time just fuck off it's not 18 months either part 6 was filmed and released in 1995 I don't even care anymore so 6 years 6 years before the next movie gets made and I'll tell you why it took six years and I'm purely hypothesising because yeah. part five is pish yeah who would want to do another movie after this one and I will let you in a little secret as well Baz right yeah part six is my least favourite of all of them oh god <laughs> right like by quite a bit part six and uh, we were when I was watching it, part five last night our good buddy Ryan Lewis from Graveshift Radio had commented when I'd, I'd written, I think Gary Hill was trying to cheer me up by saying the movie's not great, but at least the chick in a devil costume has, like, she's on point. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's fair enough. And I was like, that, I was like, he was trying to make light, and I was just like, this movie is shite. Yeah. But that's like Aye. pretty much. One, oh, one chicken red fish net stockings does not made up for 90 minutes after fucking Yeah, trust. does not. It does. Hats <laughs> off to you, Gary. You have a shot, big man. Do you know what I mean? There's not a good movie make, right? It's, it's not, right? And Ryan had said, well, you know, well, part six is worse. And that's an accurate statement to which I replied, <laughs> part six is an abomination. It's a fucking awful, 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 oh, awful, awful. God. Awful movie, and we we still have to sit through that. We still have to sit through that, and we have to go through everything that comes with that. And I, I would love to say we don't have to do it for another couple of months, but you picked this franchise, Baz. Thanks for that. We could have been doing Hellraiser. I we honestly think I would doing... still be. I, I'm developing one of my weird phobias about Hellraiser. By the way, why? I just don't. I don't know why. I just don't. I think it's because I've seen the first two and I didn't really enjoy them that much. Yeah, they're better than these. <laughs> like, parts four, five, and six are um, light years better than parts four, five, six of Halloween. That's not to say that the later ones, are, I don't know. That's just my opinion. I, you know, anything would have been better than this. Uh, even the fucking Leprechaun movies would have been better than this. Um, yeah, we, we, we have another movie still to discuss and it's the one that I fucking love. Oh, so. God. And yet, there's... It's the level of laziness is just incredible to me. It's like absolutely incredible. It's like well, there's a, and I don't understand where the importance of where there's a year between the movies. So let's make it a year between the movies for any other reason to say right, it's Halloween again. Mm. That ship has sailed, yeah. right? That ship and every single movie does not need to be set on Halloween now, right? That that has been broken. Yeah, I would give you that. Right, yeah. so like, make it the night after. If he crawls through the things like that, make him go for his revenge then. Why wait a year for him to have his revenge? That is stupid. You know what I mean? That's so, so stupid, right? He's been shot up to bits, he's crawled out, he's floated down the river, he goes back to exact his revenge. Take it, start the movie right from where little Jamie's standing there with the fucking, you know, the, the, the scissors. Don't then space it a year and then try and add fucking goofy music around the cops who by the way are the the most well behaved least trigger finger cops I've ever met because the the kids stage at one point a fake Michael Myers attack and the cops don't pull their guns out or shoot well they pull their guns out but don't shoot yeah and I'm like that the, the town laid into this guy with half a fucking you know 
half a, a US ammunitions fucking haul truck into this dude earlier on a year ago he's coming out with a fake knife right but he comes out with a knife looking to stab some girls I wouldn't have even need to fucking think about it my gun would have went off but these cops don't, that just it's Pish. I'd have turned on myself and shot myself in the fucking face <laughs> to, be, to make sure that I wasn't coming back for, in the next movie crimes against cinema <laughs> it's just uh, yeah it's like every single sequel just removes you further away from yeah, what as you I enjoy will, about the originals I will say one thing it, it's um, while there's there was a lot of the Nightmare on Elm Street films I didn't like and there was a few of the, the Friday the 13th ones that I didn't like as well. I don't think there was any... Well, there might have been one or two that I genuinely fucking hated. But we're at part five, and yeah. I fucking hate this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? After such a good start as well, mm-hmm. it's like two films. Two films and you're down the fucking rabbit hole and I just yeah. want to get the rabbit and fucking beat it to death. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's... Uh, yeah. This is... We've got one more movie to do. I'm going to grade you just now. Um, you get another A+. Fucking don't, great. Don't even care. I know you don't care. <laughs> um, you're going to care even less about the next one. Um, we're going to take a short break. Uh, before we go, is there anything else you want to say about this movie? No, it's that way... I... <sighs> It's funny, when I watched it, I was actually more fucking depressed last night watching the fourth one, but I think it was because I was quite tired when I watched it. Mm. I watched this one this morning, in the bright light of day. Uh, but see, as I start to talk about it and think it over, it's just, fuck it, it's depressing. It sucks the fucking life out of you. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And it's like I said a minute ago, it's such a jump from the first ones. How the fuck can you get it so wrong so quickly? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And why the fuck were people still going to see these fucking films <laughs> at this point? Because Michael Myers is in them. Right, but so fuck, he's not that good. <laughs> but Michael Myers is in them. Oh. People go to these movies to see the killer, they don't go to see the movie. Well, that's sad, isn't it? It is sad, but it, this is... Everything everything that happens in this franchise now is the fault of the people who didn't go out and support the third one. You, oh, had, you yeah. had the chance. You had the chance of, whilst maybe they weren't always going to be great, interesting fucking movies or different movies or stories that could go anywhere they wanted on Halloween for as long as you wanted had that one been a success. But because Michael Myers isn't in it, no, that's not going to happen. So this is the this is the, the vengeance that is wreaked upon the cinema goer. Here is Michael Myers. You wanted him back, here he's here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's awful. And we have one more of this show to do. And with that in mind, Baz, we're going to take a short break. You're going to hear more promos for shows that we love. You're also going to hear the promo for this last movie. This, the trailer for this fucking last movie is Halloween Part 6, The Curse of Michael Myers from 1995 when we return. It's our final movie review of the show. Myself and the Baz are coming right back right after this. You're listening to the podcast under the stairs. 
following is a public service announcement from the podcast Under the Stairs. Two weeks ago, our RSS feed hosted by the popular website SoundCloud was deactivated for three days due to essential maintenance. SoundCloud at this time, however, failed to advise all users and hosting parties who rely on the service and as a result, the podcast Under the Stairs was not aware of this outage until 24 hours into the RSS blackout. When the podcast Under the Stairs were finally made aware of this situation, Thanks to our eagle-eyed listener, Myron Schmidt, we took steps to notify our listeners of the outage and awaited the return of the SoundCloud services. On the third day of the outage, we received notification from SoundCloud that services had resumed as normal and, as this was a Monday, we posted a new show to the feed whilst also advising our listeners via our social networking presence. Whilst we received many grateful responses via our Facebook group page, which can be followed by going to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teaputzcast, we also received one less helpful response via Twitter. Rudimentary investigation revealed that the tweet had been sent by a gentleman with a vested interest in making sure that the podcast under the stairs moved from its current service provider to an alternative service provider. Instead of pointing out the pros of such a change, for example the benefits of being with a supplier who only deals with podcasts and such like, the tweet belittled our setup as amateur hour, and whilst Duncan remained respectful in his replies, he was met with increasingly belligerent tweets stressing the importance of a podcast's RSS feed and the detrimental effects outages may cause. Further investigation revealed the offending account is actually the property of a CEO of a podcast host supplier who appeared to be systematically contacting Twitter users who were tweeting about the outages in the SoundCloud supply. This was irrespective of whether or not he was following the counts. It became clear that he was in fact actively searching for these tweets and accounts. Upon further inspection of this Apparent RSS Zvengali's Twitter account, his biography laid out some fairly lofty and frankly ridiculous accolades. Author, new media, podcasting advertising expert, and podcast Hall of Fame inductee are all listed amongst his supposed qualifications and randomly scattered buzzwords. Adding to the ridiculousness of the account was a banner image which showed what we are led to believe is his podcasting setup which would rival a NASA mission control room, an unbelievably contained six monitors plus laptop screen, a soundboard, keyboard and several effects processors held in a rack. We can only assume at this time that they were in fact gates and compressors. And finally, three large video cameras, all at approximately the same angles, pointing at his podcasting chair, which in itself resembled what one would imagine Christian Grey's desk chair looked in a Fifty Shades of Grey, the book, and not the criminally miscast movie of the same name. All this would make it a safe assumption to say that this man is a professional, or at very least, believes himself to be so. However... Podcast Under the Stairs always has been, and always will be, a hobby podcast. Focused primarily on entertainment and movie reviews, whilst above all else, remaining free at the point of download to the listener. It is quite simply a podcast by horror movie fans, for horror movie fans. 
The show is aimed at fun interactions with our many friends, guests and listeners and we do not take what we do seriously and neither should you. With all this in mind, the podcast Under the Stairs would like to state the following. Dear Mr Todd Cochran, or at Geek News to use your Twitter handle, whilst flattered by your clearly selfless concerns, we are very happy with our current service provider. Furthermore, if things should change in the future and it's decided that we no longer wish to use SoundCloud and decide to shop around for alternatives, please be aware, Mr Podcast Hall of Fame inductee, that the less than tactful, offensive and downright cunty way you approached us on Twitter has guaranteed that we will never consider using your service. Not even if you were the last host supplier on the internet. In fact, myself and the Baz would resort to recording our shows on a Memorex C90 cassette tape and hand delivering them to our listeners rather than using anything associated or affiliated with you, you horrible smug fuck. And in closing, I think we can all, as a podcast community of friends, podcasters and listeners, band together in wishing that your next shite be a £10 hedgehog, you tragic middle-aged, cat-bathing internet troll. Go fuck yourself! This was a public service announcement by the podcast Under the Stairs. Normal service will now continue. An Evil Dead TV show? No way. Negan is coming to The Walking Dead. That's awesome. Don't you guys think a werewolf series is long overdue? Oh, hello there. Are you looking for coverage of horror on the small screen that you can't find on any other podcast? Then welcome to Evil Episodes Podcast, where we take an in-depth look at horror around the dial, covering everything from today's hits like The Walking Dead, American Horror Story, and The Strain. As well as looking back into the TV Horror Vault to discuss anthologies like Tales from the Crypt, Monsters, Masters of Horror. Yeah, but do any of those shows have werewolves in them? What movies will become a TV series next? Just how many more seasons will every CW show get? Where would they put some damn werewolves on the TV? Tune in to Evil Episodes Podcast for all your horror on television needs and more. I need werewolves. Hey, did I mention how Lovecraftian all this actually is? Every legend is based on fact. Every myth is grounded in truth. For 17 years, the town of Haddonfield, Illinois, has been haunted by a night when evil roamed the streets and a madman ruled the night. Everyone knows his name. Now, everyone will know the truth. I knew what he was, but I never knew why. of Michael Myers. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. So this is the final movie review of this Baz V Horror. We are looking at number six in the Halloween franchise. This is Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers from 1995. So this is six years, Baz. Six long, long years since part five. Is that right enough? Yes, it is indeed. So I'm so glad that they didn't leave us with a, a weird cliffhanger at the end of the last movie and then make us wait six years. 
That would have been irritating as fuck. <laughs> that would have been irritating as fuck. Yeah. Um, so, before I give us uh, the information, I will say for those that have been nipping my head saying, you need to watch the producer's cut, are you reviewing the producer's cut? Like I advised everyone online, Baz does not have a copy of the producer's cut. No. I spent a fucking fortune preparing for this show and I wasn't going out and buying another one. I don't you, saw, you saw the sign, I tweeted the box <laughs> that arrived at my door. My wife still barely talks to me over that. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, so um, <clears throat> for the purposes of this review, I checked out the producer's cut as well as the theatrical cut. So for the first time ever, I watched the producer's cut last night. So at the end of a review, I will touch on the differences between the theatrical cut and the producer's cut, of which there's quite a lot actually. Um, And then we will see if it made any huge difference for me and if it will in fact even remotely interest Baz to check out. Um, Now, I have said already, and some people thought I was crazy when I said this, that this is my least favourite of the entire franchise. That's including Rob Zombie's output, that's including the one with Buster Rhymes. I rate this one a bottom of the pile. I, I just, I, oh my god, this movie. Um, however, it does have a rather young, and he's, I think his first role, uh, Paul Rudd slapping the bass man. Um, so, uh, that was my impression of Paul Rudd trying to be a Jamaican, I think. Um, well, yeah, we all, we all got it. Uh, that's good, as long as people got it. Uh, as I, you know, I want to come across as kind of semi-professional here and not amateur. Um, so, uh, yeah, so this movie came out in 1995, directed by Joe Chappelle. Writers Deborah Hill for characters and John Carpenter for characters. There is one more cred, according to IMDb, who is Daniel... Fernandes, and he apparently wrote this monstrosity, um, although I'm speaking for myself, not Baz. Uh, the movie stars Big Donny P. It must have felt pretty good when that name flew up on the screen. Oh, aye. Aye. Uh, this has, in his uh, debut role, Paul Rudd, has Marianne Hagen, Mitchell Ryan, Kim Darby, Bradford English, Keith Boggart, Maria O'Brien, Leo Getter, JC Brandy, other folks are in the movie. The synopsis for this one is listed on IMDb is six years after Michael Myers last terrorised Haddonfield, he returns there in pursuit of his niece, Jamie Lloyd, who has escaped with her newborn child, for which Michael and a mysterious cult have sinister plans. So, as we said at the end of the last review, Baz, you may want to recap us what happened at the end of part five. Uh, just before I do that, Duncan, oh. uh, I'm going to throw something in very quickly. If you're doing Paul Rudd impressions, I'm going to do mine. Oh, you've got a Paul Rudd impression? <laughs> that was Paul Rudd as Ant-Man. <laughs> I actually watched Ant-Man when I was... Um, when I was on my way back from the States, and um, I thoroughly fucking enjoyed that movie. Yeah, Ant-Man was pretty good. Unfortunately, they stuck him in fucking Captain America Civil War. But uh, you can't have everything. I've got issues with that film, but that's a whole other fucking podcast. Oh, I want to speak to you about this, because I've heard nothing but glowing reports about it. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm going to shit over that. Anyway, (laughs) right. (laughs) Yeah. Right, so yeah, so what happened at the end of part five? End of part five, basically, I think they're in a police, from what I can remember, to shatter the illusion, the myth of podcasting. There's about two weeks passed since I did parts four and five mm-hmm. to doing part six. 
Um, basically, they end up in a police station. Um, it looks like wee Jamie's been saved. It looks like Michael's finally going to get his comeuppance. And then this mysterious dark stranger who's been in it intermittently through part five comes in, all guns are fucking blazing, and basically breaks mental Mickey the fuck out of Dodge. Uh, and we, at the end, we see uh, we Jamie giving a kind of elongated no type fucking scream. Yes. And that's how it ended. Right. So we were we were thinking at this point you've just set up a cheesy way to kick off another movie. Yeah. Now at that level, Baz, with a cheesy thing, I need to ask you just before we review this movie: Could anything that you imagined in your head? remotely be similar to what you watched in this movie? No, because with this dark stranger coming in, I actually thought that they were going to segue Michael Myers into the big screen adaptation of Stephen King's The Dark Tower. (laughs) They didn't. (laughs) Right, so, uh, like I say, this is part six. Um, This is what I've closed out our second chapter Um, of Halloween so we did obviously the first three in the first show we're doing the next three in this show and the next show we're doing the two movies that kind of lie in their own little space and time which is H2O and Resurrection and then in the final show we will be doing the Rob Zombie Halloween movies Um, Baz we need to to know um, what did you make of The Curse of Michael Myers oh here we go Um. Yeah, my quick disclaimer. Obviously, Duncan watched this film twice last night. I have since watched it fucking twice because I actually (laughs) fell asleep at the end of the first viewing and didn't really know what happened at the end. Watched it again just before coming on to record. Um, Pretty glad you did that. I understood more bits of it than I did last night. Still don't really get what happened at the end. Um... And yeah, and I nearly dozed off again. So yeah, so that that's basically the background to my, my journey. Um, yeah, I wasn't aware of the, the, the big time gap between parts five and six, and, and that is fairly ridiculous going by that kind of almost cliffhanger type ending we had in part five. I did not like that ending at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and this bringing this character in, this dark stranger in, and they're basically not fucking telling you anything about him. Drove me fucking insane. <laughs> I lie, it really fucking wound me up. Um, kind of like, like a Marvel after credit sequence. Ah, yeah. <laughs> but all the way through the fucking film. <laughs> Curse of Michael Myers opens with this weird kind of dream sequency looking type thing. In fact, before I go into that, the cinematography in this is bonkers to say the fucking least <laughs> some of the effects that they use it is uh, it's level of hideousness is dwarfed only by the sound job on this film <laughs> um, which is fucking horrific <laughs> it opens with this weird kind of dream sequence thing there's a woman getting wheeled about in what appears to be some post-apocalyptic hybrid of a hospital and an abandoned Nazi factory. Um, And she gives birth to a child in there. What I found out on second watching (laughs) 
was that this is Jamie from the last film. Mm-hmm. Now, in fairness to the filmmakers, she does get called Jamie quite a lot during this opening scene. There's a lot of shit going on. There's a lot of strobe lighting. It, for a medical facility, it's not very well lit, it has to be said. Mm-hmm. Or indeed that fucking clean looking. It does appear to be run by some kind of cult, though, in fairness. They're probably not medically certified. <laughs> so skipping under the radar. Anyway... Um, not forcing anyone to like clean their hands with Purell before they do yeah, anything. No, 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 no. Just wash it in the puddle of the floor there. <laughs> um, yeah, she does get called Jamie. I hadn't picked up on this for two reasons. Basically, I was trying to write notes which distract me no end, uh, and also I had forgotten that the character in the last film was called Jamie. Mm-hmm. So uh, that didn't sink in with me for a wee while. So my notes are slightly bonkers because I did go back through them a little bit on second watching and try to tidy them up. Most of what I'm going to say here is factually incorrect <laughs> and bears only a passing resemblance to Halloween, the curse of Michael Paris. <laughs> uh, I'm not even going to apologise for that. God bless you. Um, the, so she gives birth to this baby. The baby gets taken away by the mysterious man in black who then performs some weird kind of satanic type ritual uh, while the, a narrator kind of recounts the previous film to you. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd's voice. Is it Paul Rudd's voice, is it? Yeah. All right, Phil, I've had caught on to that either. I told you I did not pay much attention to <laughs> either watching. Um, I've read written that the baby is a weird symbol carved into the, its chest and bizarrely doesn't cry at all. I've since discovered it doesn't cry because they actually just paint the thing <laughs> on its chest and they go fucking movie did you with a knife. <laughs> what kind of movie did you think you were watching? Yeah. Movie opens with a baby's chest getting carved in it. You like, made me watch a Serbian film, so let's not take the fucking moral high ground here. It's fucking Halloween 6, though. In the previous movie, there was Goofy Cops. <laughs> this one's taking a sinister turn. Um... Yeah, so basically the baby gets this painted on it. And I'm going to come back to that as well shortly. Uh, then one of the nurses, she has a change of heart and frees the mother and the baby. The mother, I'm now in my way of his Jamie. Mm-hmm. Obviously she's older now and she's all beat up to fuck and we're not quite sure where she's been the whole fucking time. Six years. Six yeah. years past. Does she, does she look 15? And they didn't know. Well, so six years in between the movies, according to the chronology of this movie, she's only 15 in this movie. Right, but you know, also she didn't appear to get kidnapped at the end of the last one. I, I, I think it's implied with the no, isn't it? That she's been grabbed. No, I thought it was, oh my God, Michael Myers is escaping. No. Ah, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, um, yeah. I think we're giving this too much credit. Well, it's not, yeah, no, let's not spend time on this one. <laughs> so the, the nurse frees her, she runs off with the baby. Uh, the nurse then gets killed. Eh... Uh, by Michael Meyer. Basically, Mental Mickey then turns up, so I've had the creepy folk in black mm-hmm. performing the satanic ritual read by the guy out the Dark Tower. <laughs> and then Big Mental Mickey turns up, uh, he takes out this nurse. And I've actually, later on in my notes, I've complained about the kills in this film. On second watching, some of them aren't actually bad. She gets impaled with her head on a spike and is left hanging on the wall, and it was actually quite fucking cool. So I'll give them props for that. Michael then goes off after Jamie and the baby. She steals a truck. Michael kills the redneck owner of the truck and she drives off screaming. 
Then we see another wee boy, Danny. Danny's annoying as fuck. <laughs> All the way through this. <laughs> Not quite as bad as that wee dick in the Babadook, but he's getting there. <laughs> um, anyway, wee Danny's having a bad dream. He gets woken up. The fucking stranger guy's in the room with a knife. Mm-hmm. Then his mum comes in. His mum is Cara. I thought her name was Jamie for the first 45 minutes of my first version <laughs> of this film. And I actually thought they'd made a bold decision to give two characters the same name because that happens in real life. You know what I mean? People have the same name. I thought, brave decision. <laughs> Would not have been more wrong. <laughs> Name's Cara. She was called it a lot. <laughs> um, she comes in. There's nothing about nothing, really. Um, there's a radio. The, the radio plays a big part in this film. Mm. Between uh, kind of news reports and this shock jock guy who we'll talk about shortly. Um <laughs> There's a kind of news report. Basically, the, the premise is nowadays that Haddonfield doesn't celebrate Halloween. Mm-hmm. Fair play. Fair yeah. That seems not right. well for them in the past. <laughs> I think we made um, an observation in one of the previous movies that they're quite blasé about the whole Halloween thing, considering the Tim's history. Yeah, yeah. So they've kind of tightened up on it um, until this year. That'll, that'll mend them. That'll <laughs> fucking hell mend them. Uh, Cara, the mother, then starts to wander about in her underwear, which is all right. There's uh, <laughs> a wee guy across the street, a kicking at her through like a, a camera's telescopic lens. Uh, turns out it's Mankey Wee Paul Rudd. <laughs> um, <laughs> basically, it's written your Paul Rudd turns up on a radio phone in. Uh, yeah. um, and I'd actually, you had told me that Paul Rudd appeared in this, but it slipped out my head till he appeared on the screen in front of me. Um, I like Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. I think he's a great comic actor. I, I, I really enjoy, uh, genuinely enjoy a lot of his films. Quite often, he's playing this very similar characters. Do you know what I mean? He's probably not going to ever play fucking Macbeth, but <laughs> I do like the guy. He's funny, and, and I really liked him in Ant Man. Ant Man was a slight departure from some of his other characters. Mm-hmm. He's not very good in this film, it has to be said. Nice. He comes yeah. across a bit like a cross between the creepy wee guard in Green Mile, who was also in the X-Files, <laughs> and is pumping that fucking bizarre 14-year-old lassie. <laughs> Courtney, whatever he does. Um, a cross between him and... Hopkins era Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> Which, for one of the innocent teen victims, was an odd choice of fucking, uh, you know, inspiration. Well, he's been he's been mentally scarred, and when you find out who he actually is and his lineage to the Halloween franchise, it does kind of make sense. All right, don't steal my thunder, McLeish. All right, I'll, I'll keep. I'll, oh, stum. I'm keeping stum. <laughs> Uh, you've only got literally seconds to wait. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so Paul Rudd, he's on this radio phone in with this shop job. He's babbling on about Michael Myers coming back and we find out he's fairly obsessed with Michael Myers or stuff over the walls. He appears to be living in the house across the road 
from the wee boy Danny and his mom, which we find out shortly is the Myers house. Mm-hmm. He lives in the house across the street with his old lady, Mrs. Blankenship, who's like a landlady. Mm-hmm. And he lives up there watching women get changed <laughs> or dead. Um, he's banging on about these conspiracy theory things. Uh, and actually, I had put here on my first watching that there's a bit during the phone in, it's not Paul Rudd, it's somebody that comes on after him. He's banging on about Michael Myers was the CIA had him in some fucking underground holding facility, blah, and he's escaped and now he's in space. And I thought, they're taking the piss out of Jason X. Uh, well, this is a bit before Jason exactly. X. Exactly. Just just before coming on air, I checked, and it's nine years or something like that. <laughs> so I don't really think it was aimed at that, but perhaps Jason X was actually inspired by Halloween the Curse of Michael Myers. I'll leave that to the, the listeners to decide. I love this idea of someone sitting there going, you know, oh, fuck, I've been given this Jason X script. Ah, oh, Jesus. Oh, what's this on the telly? Oh, oh, I hate the curse of Michael Myers, which is what we assigned. Did he just see how he expe- outer space? Oh, this practically writes itself. Now ah. I know where I'm going. <laughs> Let's freeze dry our head. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> you throwing in horror quips left, Dude, right, and a centre. I'm so proud right now. It's like, it's like I've dropped my child off at, at uh. uni and they're going away to study to be. A doctor. Ah, creepy, creepy uni. <laughs> yeah, yeah, creepy, creepy uni where Baz was study to be a gynaecologist and be good at it. Like, be really, really good at it. As opposed to an amateur enthusiast. Yes, which he is. Uh, we then see Donny P. He's retired. Donald Pleasance himself looks like he's about ready to die, has to be said. In fairness, he died not long after this movie, so... Yeah, I know, and that comes up at the end. I was going to talk about that later, I'm going to jump to it right now. At the end, it says this film is dedicated to Donald Pleasance. And I did, I sniggered to myself, and then I hated myself for a wee while. Yeah, then man. I sniggered again, and I thought, no, fuck it, I'm going to say it. I think he killed himself because of this film. <laughs> He's a Halloween treasure, and you will not belittle Sorry his... to any members of the Pleasance family that are listening to this. I know, I know you're out there, I know you're big fans of the show. <laughs> the members of the P family. And I apologise. <laughs> the artist known, the artist family known as Donny P. I know, um, I know. Uh, to, 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 to Donald's brother, Danny. <laughs> Danny P. Danny <laughs> I offer my humble apologies. Uh... <laughs> and his wee sister, Benny. <laughs> <laughs> oh god right what I was going to say to you is um, did you think to yourself my god plastic surgeons are good that huge ear that was on the side of your face has miraculously disappeared god no I forgot all about that yeah it's that, not you're good. absolutely right I forgot all about that tiny tiny I, little mark and that's I, all that's there I, I think though they, they covered it quite well because he actually plays the role of Loomis slightly different in this one he does he plays it like a slightly taller Yoda which was fucking genius. <coughs> I kind of thought he played it like um, Danny Glover's character in Lethal Weapon. Like, I'd like to come back to become a psychiatrist, but I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I, it was all the sage advice he was doling out left, right, and centre. He's, he's a lot calmer. When I say he way. played it like a slightly taller Yoda, I'm talking about Dago Bar era Yoda, <laughs> not the wee ass kicking one we saw in the prequels. You mean the CGI but, one? Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's I'm talking about, about the puppet one, the one with fucking Jim Henson's one up its arse. <laughs> It wasn't even Jim Henson, was it? It was uh... Lucas Hearts. I know, but it was the boy at the Muppets that done him. Miss Piggy. <laughs> Miss Piggy's hand up his ass. No, no, Miss Piggy. The guy. Frank Oz! But yeah, so he, but I, I quite like his performance in this one because he's a. Well, in this version, in the theatrical cut, I quite like Loomis. He's, a, he's toned back the crazy quite a bit. Yeah, it's a lot less dramatic, and let's be honest, it's uh, he's certainly not the worst thing in this film. <laughs> he's back to being actually. Uh, let's put this once again. No mention of anything happening six times. So, yeah, yeah, there we go. So anyway, we, we see Donny P for the first time. He's retired and has taken to talking to the radio, which is quite <laughs> odd. Um, and his pal turns up. It's the guy that runs the sanitarium, and he wants him back. And for the job, and he wants them back. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jamie and the baby are driving about uh, in their stolen pickup truck, um, and yeah, they get run off the road. I think. So many comments about this, Buzz. So many, so many, so many comments. And this, and this movie franchise. People just know how to drive. Everyone yeah. knows. After being locked now, up, everyone knows how to drive. I've got in my notes here. How does Michael Myers know how he drives? Bear in mind he was locked up for the age of six till fucking twenty or whatever. Yeah, he drives quite well. He, he drives quite well, and Jamie's been locked up since nine years old to fifteen yeah. years old, which yeah. is, by the way, how old she's supposed to be in this movie. And she can just drive a pickup. And then I thought to myself, in America, they have automatics. Yeah. So maybe it's easier to drive an automatic. I don't know. I maybe slightly easier. There's no magic, do you know. What I mean? <laughs> Because she's doing a lot of swerving and stuff like that. It's not like she's driving Herbie. (laughs) (laughs) Herbie goes stabby. Herbie meets Michael Myers. Uh, It's the lesson we had Freddy versus Jason. We now have Michael Myers versus Herbie. (laughs) Please don't kill me, Michael. Uh, Herbie didn't have a voice. I don't know why I gave him that. That's quite fucking bizarre. I've ruined the joke. Let's continue on. Right, my, my continuity's a little bit fucked here. Basically, at one point, she pulls into a rather abandoned bus terminus. Yes. And phones the phone-in show because she's unable to get through to any other form of fucking help <laughs> and basically shouts out, it gives Big Dr. Loomis a shout-out on the old radio looking for his help. She then leaves her baby there. Now, I had missed all of this earlier on. All right. In my first watching. So some of what happens after this makes slightly more sense now, but basically she hides the baby to escape with Michael Myers. And then there's another bit, she's in the car and she gets run off the road by Michael mm-hmm. and ends up in a pumpkin patch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ends up in a barn. Mm-hmm. And she keeps seeing Michael creeping about. And then she steps on a twig. <laughs> and it's like the end of the world. <laughs> um, and then... Michael catches her because he heard the twig snap. And he impales her on what initially looked like a fork, like a hay bale fork thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sort of sticks her in this and she's like, you can't have my baby, you asshole. 
words like that. Um, sure, our voice is slightly higher than that. So you give me some artistic license there. Um, oh, you, you prick. Her stunt double was played by you're the no, Baz. You're no getting my ween. <laughs> Get away from my ween, you cunt. <laughs> Turn the weeds against me. <laughs> I've turned into a limmy now. What the fuck is going on? Right. Anyway, she's impaled on this kind of triangle looking thing. But then when you look closely, it's like it's three tiny chainsaws. Mm-hmm. And Michael turns that on because he's really okay with farm, farm fucking equipment at this point. <laughs> can drive. And he turns them on. Right? Now, it's actually quite a good kill, right? But again, you've got to look at the detail and that's where it falls down. <laughs> what the fuck was that thing that she get killed on? There is literally no earthly use for that implement. <laughs> Be it on a farm or anywhere else, other than possibly that Abu Ghraib prison out in fucking Iraq. You know what I mean? Where they fucked up all the Iraqis. Possibly they used it to trim their hedges out there and other things. I don't know. But what farmer in fucking God's creation would use that machine? You know what I mean? I just thought it was like a really like fancy Baz's beard trimmer. I kind of of thought you're a bit dangerous you'd like to use something like that to trim your beard like three three mini chainsaws attached to one thing I don't think I'm man enough for that anyway then she continues to tell him the carry of the baby and then the baby's gone Michael gets tricked he goes out to the van I'm going to get the fucking baby anyway you cow look (laughs) and he runs about to the van and it's a cunningly disguised toilet roll wrapped in a blanket Mm -hmm. because basically she's binned away in the the toilets Um. And Michael's not happy. He gets tw- tricked quite a lot in this film, actually. Yeah, he's not very bright in this movie. Yeah. So for an excellent driver, <laughs> who's very okay with a lot of heavy machinery, common sense ain't the, the strong point kind of thing. <laughs> I've then asked where and when did Michael Myers learn how to drive? We've already discussed that. Mm-hmm. Danny and his mum, they're at home living with her parents. Her father is an arsehole. He is the biggest prick ever. Yeah. He gives her a bit of a, a good old-fashioned 70s slap, which in 1995 is getting a wee bit fucking close to the bone. Do you know what I mean? That, stuff like that was all right back in the day, big man. You can't be behaving like that now. <laughs> We've all had to hang up our fucking dry, string-back driving gloves. Yeah. Hitting the women anywhere. Yeah, he's not nice to the women in general. He seems to let his sons... Well, he seems to let his son off with... Ah, no, he still thinks the son's a bit of a prick, though. Yeah, but he didn't hurt him, though. No, he didn't. No. He didn't. Um, not a nice guy. We can no, see that. No. Unequivocally, not a nice guy. He's already chased kids off his lawn. Get off my lawn. For putting up Michael Myers' decorations. He's having none of that shit. Yeah, yeah. And he was kicking the boot with a bathrobe on and socks. <laughs> Fucking creep. Eh... <laughs> uh, then so anyway, the, the, the dad slaps Jamie, uh, Jamie, oh, Jamie. fucking Cara, slaps Cara, and we fucking mental Danny. The kid pulls a knife on him, and but again, the, this kid's acting. No offence, me man, you're a child actor. I'm assuming you did not go into great heights because <laughs> his facial expressions just do not change at all. He's literally holding a knife to his own grandfather. He looks. Vaguely bored at best. 
Um, and we find out that there, there's some something to do with the Strodes or mm-hmm. Jamie Lee's family or the family that adopted me, Jamie. I don't really fucking know, but there's something to do with something. So, so that's them. <laughs> a point of fact, he was in one other movie four years after this called A Kid Called Danger, which I have never heard of before. Uh, he's probably renamed a kid called Boredom in this <laughs> and he directed a short movie in 2010 called The Bear which he directed edited and did all the sound for that is it I really really hope that The Bear is some kind of gay porn film based on <laughs> bear subculture I think that would be hilarious what is what is going on with you today with horrific and hilarious just kicking it with the kids, man. <laughs> Totes. Right, let's move on. Right, moving on. <laughs> so next up, we then find out that Paul Rudd is Tommy from the first two films, basically the wee kid that Jamie Lee uh, babysat for in the mm-hmm. earlier films. He's kind of hinted that something had happened to him years ago and basically it was, it was that. He was there when Michael first kind of kicked... Well, not when he first kicked off, when he first came back. Uh, he then goes to the bus station for reasons that I've yet to figure out, uh, and he finds the baby in a cupboard, basically. If he, when he listens back to the recording of Jamie phoning in, he hears a noise in the background that he recognises from the bus station. Don't even care. <laughs> Don't even care. Um, then in, in another departure from any previous plotline, Donnie P is checking out what appears to be a burned-out barn and sees a weird triangle type thing which I think was the tattoo of fucking Brandon Mark that we saw in the last film it's also the symbol of the paint on the baby yeah yeah it looks like a wee sideways witch's hat it's fucking shite (laughs) anyway Donnie P is suddenly an expert on this and apparently this is uh, Michael Myers Mark which Nobody knew he fucking had up until now, do you know what I mean? And we, we spoke about this it briefly. It appears for the very first time in a kind of throwaway shot right at the start of the fifth movie. But yeah, that I completely saw, missed. Yeah, we never saw it in any other movie at all. And, yeah, I, yeah. I, that's that's basically... Yeah, let's not, once again, let's not try and insert too much logic yeah. in I've, I've made comment about Rudd's acting at this point, but we've, we've talked about that plenty. Um, so Tommy then hooks up with Donnie P. Uh, he's got a bit of a theory about Michael Myers. Tells him that Cara's family are related to the Strodes or of the Strodes or some fucking thing. Um, Donnie turns up at their house, uninvited. The woman's just walking about doing her laundry. You think Michael Myers is going to fuck her up? wee mad Donny P jumps out the fucking corner of the living room <laughs> says I'm here to help you I that's fine mate just fucking come on in then do you know what I mean as long as you're here to help feel free to ignore all fucking social protocol and just swan into my living room <laughs> like a mildly rapey Yoda Rudd this whole time is just kicking about with this baby. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck that he found a baby and has just kept it. <laughs> Nobody. There's a bit when just shot before before uh, Donnie frightens the mother. 
they're at the bus station and he meets Tommy and uh, people set security on him. Mm-hmm. It's a hospital, in fact, not a bus station. Whatever it is, they set security on him anyway. And uh, he just shuffles off quickly, clutching a baby, and they just stop and let him go. Do you not think they would like, mate, is that yours? You didn't come in here with a baby. You're running away for security. Is that child actually yours? Anyway, nobody gives any kind of fuck about this at all. <laughs> They're all just totally fine with him basically getting himself a baby. Then <laughs> uh, Mental Mickey turns up in the Strode's house. Uh, the mother's on the phone to the dad. It basically kind of comes out that he knew it was Michael Myers' house and he bought it off his brother because he couldn't get it sold. Night he gave it to him dead cheap or some fucking thing. It's all shit. Um, and then she says, right, I'm fucking leaving. I need to take the kids to safety, blah, blah, blah. And mental Mickey's in the house. And we then get one of the classic running about in the washing line scenes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this woman gets defeated by washing. Yeah, I know. I, did, I didn't like it in Friday the 13th. I've seen a lot of washing line sequences since. None of them are very fucking good. Apart <laughs> for that one in Mississippi Burning, that was all right. Remember that? Yes. Yeah, that was quite good. <laughs> well, when I say quite, I don't mean that in a racist way. Because <laughs> they were hanging coloured folk. It was effective in Mississippi Burning. I just realised why you went all quiet there. I'm not being racist. I am not advocating the Ku Klux Klan in any way, shape or form. Did we mention them earlier in this episode? Um, It's been so long since we started recording, I can't remember. If this is the fifth or sixth time I've mentioned the KKK, I apologise. I I I am not a racial terrorist. I think um, we did when we were reviewing part four with all the rednecks who pick up their guns. Yeah, you're right. So I've talked about them a lot in this. Yeah, there's right. been quite a lot of mentioned. It's unintentional, it. folks. I was merely pointing out that the last good cinematic use of a washing line was in Mississippi Burning. <laughs> uh, I'm going to move on. I'm, I'm <laughs> please, going to leave this behind me. Like that ass just started sweating, lords. Please just. It's like, it's like it never happened. <laughs> um, so she gets killed out amongst the washing. Uh, Cara comes home she finds creepy Tommy's upstairs with basically her son and a random baby Uh, and somehow unbelievably Tommy convinces her that they should all go over to his house at this point Mm -hmm. Uh, and we Mrs. Blankenship's there she's mad as fuck Charlie says I want and Danny sees we we annoying Danny sees Michael Myers in the garden at this point. Uh, then according to fucking Tommy, who is quite the whiz at the fledgling internet, uh, in 1995, is showing them that this sign that keeps turning up everywhere is a Nordic rune called Thorn. Mm-hmm. There is a legend about somebody once every fucking blue moon the stars align into thorn and somebody gets picked and kills their family or some some shite that's vaguely like that and this is his theory about Michael Myers and it's fucking shite Donnie P 
I've mentioned in this one that Donnie looks really old in this film and I put here, just put him out his misery. Just let fucking Michael kill him. Just let this man shuffle off the mortal coil with a bit of fucking dignity. Do not drag him back out for any more of these fucking films. Uh, you got your wish then? Yeah, yeah. I feel kind of bad about it now. <laughs> um, old Mrs. Blankenship is then telling wee Danny... Uh, a story about how she used to be Michael Myers' babysitter and that the night he killed his sister he heard a voice how the fuck do you know? exactly yeah. do you know what I mean? pish <laughs> Michael Myers keeps appearing fucking everywhere uh, the dad comes home howling crashes his car out the front of the house I would love some of our American listeners to explain the drink driving laws in America to me. I would as well because I have a few friends now that podcast in America and they have been drunk while doing shows with me and then said, you know, I'm going to go away and do this now. And I'm like, you have drank for two hours with me. You should not be getting behind the wheel. Uh, in Scotland, we have, like, next to a zero tolerance policy. Oh, aye. It's totally fascist nowadays. I mean, it didn't used to... Well, there's always been drink driving laws in this country. When I was younger, there, there were a bit more lax, and if you got done with drink driving, it wasn't great, but it was a bit like getting done with, you know, pissing in the street kind of type thing if you're drunk. Nowadays, you're an utter fucking pariah if you're done with drink driving in this country. Yeah. You're the lowest of the fucking low type thing. Mm-hmm. And rightly so. Um, and, and as you say, don't they, they changed the law a few years ago, so really you can't even have a bottle of beer now and it'll, it'll basically put you over the limit. So if people are driving the 10, just do not drink at all, ever. Um, but yeah, like when I was in Boston a few years ago, I remember going with my wife's uncle. He's like, yeah, I'm going to meet my pal. We go, we go and meet up on a Friday down at this fucking pub in the middle of nowhere in rural Massachusetts. Uh, and we jump in his big truck and we drive down and we go in and we drank for about fucking four hours. And I'm like, how the fuck are we getting home, man? His house is miles. This is going to cost a fortune in a taxi. Jumped straight out of the truck and drove home. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> anyway, the, the dad in this, the arsehole, like, crashes out of the front of his house with gay abandon. Um, and he finds like bloodstained clothes in a washing machine and then Michael kills him on a basically I don't know why he does he kind of seems to stick him into some electrical junction box or something like that and his head explodes of course it makes all the fucking lights go everywhere mm-hmm. hello America have you ever heard of a fuse box <laughs> honestly it would reduce your number of serial killers exponentially <laughs> Because all they need to do is kill somebody with electricity and it plunges most of the country into darkness. <laughs> we break a switch, wouldn't they fucking kill you people? Do you know what I mean? Well, it wouldn't. It would break before the massive surge of electricity bursts your brain. Exactly. That's good old British irony for you there, big man. <laughs> right, uh, where are we? Um, nah, I'm completely fucking lost. Right, so, so oh, aye, right, yeah. right, so has killed him, and I've said that the the kills are a bit shite in this film. On second watch, and some of them are actually okay. Some are shite, but some are okay. Uh, there's a bit. <laughs> Here's one of my main areas of confusion, which I can now clarify. 
Uh, I've written here, there's a bit with a teen party and a weird king guy with a tash who sits on a throne. I've since discovered he is, in fact, the shock jock that we hear all the time on the radio, yeah. and he's not, in fact, a king. He's <laughs> not, um, not a king of anything. Um, but he is really fucking weird. He's dressed as a flash, should I say? It's basically making you think, oh, God, here comes the dark stranger, and then this fucking cunt that looks like a really shite extra for the beach volleyball scene in Top Gun throws this fucking trench coat off and, yay, it's me, the shock jock guy. Fuck off, arsehole. Uh, he gets killed shortly after this, though, which is good. He gets killed in a car. Basically, he's mocking Michael Myers and he gets in the car and lo and behold, who's in the back of his car? Michael Myers. Yeah. Fucks him up and hangs him in a tree. Eh... <laughs> uh, Kara's brother, who I've not mentioned up to this point, he's not that fucking exciting. He finds out that it turns out he's living in the old Myers house. He's not very happy. So they start to a necking. How do you keep that a secret? Yeah, I know. I you know. know. I mean? Everyone else fucking knows. How do you not know? You would need to sell it to like, the only fucking Welshman in fucking America, you know what I mean? I don't know where I'm going now. I've had too much whiskey. I'm just babbling it brilliantly. Are you back on the whiskey, Max? Yes, I am. And did you? I, I did see a tweet saying you managed to source yourself two bottles. Two bottles, sir. How long will that keep you going? Morrison's in full cut, big man. <laughs> uh, I'm nearly done the first one. <laughs> Was that all last night trying to get through this movie? <laughs> it's been a long road. <laughs> <laughs> There was that, you fucking interrupted me, there was something I was going to say there that was hilarious. Stop uh, saying hilarious. Sorry. Ah, it's you've knocked it out of me, you know, you prick. <laughs> right, anyway, I'm, I'm rapidly losing interest in this entire episode. <laughs> um, right, so they go back to the, the, the Kara's brother and his, his girlfriend go back to the house. Rudd finds the shock jock hanging up in a tree. There's a stupid bit of a wee baby going, a lot of kid going, oh, it's, it's raining warm red. Oh, there's a wee body up the tree, you wee prick, shut up. <laughs> um, so the brother's away riding his missus back at the old Myers house. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Oh, here we go. <laughs> that incoherent pish about the only Welshman in America mm-hmm. was it's because of a new album that I've been listening to for the old Rotten Reel reviews. Oh, right. A band called Hell in Love, and they have a song in it called the first Welsh girl in New York or something like that and that's been I mean you'd love it it's fucked up 80s comedy synth pop it's amazing it sounds like the greatest thing that's ever happened it's fucking it's brilliant what's it called? Uh, the band is called Hell in Love Hell in Love I'm I on it I can't remember what the album's called Big Baby Scent is it I'm yes. going to get a wee review Ooh. anyway back to Halloween <laughs> um, back to the less interesting Halloween <laughs> Yeah, so there's there's a, a brief kind of riding scene where it becomes apparent that Kara's brother's very bad at intercourse, but <laughs> as you do see his girlfriend's breasts and they are A-OK. He goes for a shower and basically gets killed coming out. I'm assuming the girl has been killed by this point. We don't actually see that. The brother gets killed coming out of the shower. Wee Danny keeps hearing a voice. That's never explained. But yeah. That I can see. Well, it, it, it kind of is. It's more explained better in the producer's cut. Right. I'm going to go and talk to that before you talk about it, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Sorry, I was wrong what I said a minute ago. Cara then phones the house and speaks to the brother's girlfriend and tells them to get the fuck out and then she gets off by Michael Myers while Cara's peeping at her through creepy Paul Rudd's telescopic <laughs> camera lens. I'm assuming she wiped the semen off it before she hated <sighs> it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> she rushes across with any one of these scenes where every fucking time she turns around her dead body falls out. Uh, she finds Danny in the bedroom. He's been a creepy wee dick. I don't care if he's only young, he's a creepy wee dick. <laughs> uh, he warns her all Michael Myers is behind you, look. Um, and then they're, they're all fucking running about the house for a bit. Uh, she's armed herself with a poker. Paul Rudd and Donnie P come racing over. <laughs> I've written at this point, Michael is lying on the floor for some reason and grabs her leg. <laughs> I think she knocks him out or something like that and she has to step over his body to get to the wee boy. <laughs> she steps back, he wakes up and grabs her leg. But I, I thought it was actually funny just to say for some reason he's lying on it. <laughs> uh, they run back across the street again. Donnie P lets them in. Uh, kind of like a replay of the first Halloween movie. When Jamie Lee runs across the street, bangs the door. Oh, yeah, a lot of this plays off riffs of the, the original movie. Does it very badly then, because that went right by me. <laughs> um, then I've written here in my notes, I think I was either really tired or half canned at this point, but according to Bud, the baby is gone and he thinks somebody else is in on it. Is that true? Yep. I'll, I'll make that up. No, no, no. Okay. no. Uh, and then, lo and behold... The mysterious dark figure is sitting in the front room with a wee boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot it, but I never fucking seen this coming. It's Donny P's boss for the sanitarium. You've never watched enough movies, man. This guy plays villains in everything. Oh, does he? Yeah. Especially about this time period, he played villains in fucking everything. Turns out old Mrs. Blankenship's in on it as well. Yeah, that was. I didn't see that coming. Ah, she's fucking mental. She's not writing. Uh, I think at this point I, I think this is when I kind of woke up at the end of the film and I've had to try and piece together some notes <laughs> I've written here this film is horrifically disjointed mm-hmm. the continuity is fucking honking it wasn't quite as bad on second watch once I basically got the grip of what was going on and because I wasn't writing notes I was able to follow closer but it just it jumps all over the place with no fucking explanation at all. Turns out Donnie P's boss is the ringleader of this weird cult thing. The uh, cult of Thorn. Paul, Paul Rudd's wandering about the sanitarium trying to find Cara. Gets jumped on by this fucking mad old woman with crazy teeth. Looks like a witch. And again, I've written here, I think this is Jamie. I wish I would just let this fucking go. <laughs> I've got to accept she died very early in this film. <laughs> and I didn't realise that's who it was at the time. Uh, so it's not Jamie, it's just a crazy old bitch. Um, Michael Myers turns up as he's trying to free Cara. There's a, the one fucking really realistic bit in this film, Michael Myers is stalking down this endless corridor towards Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. Cara's trapped in a room. Paul Rudd, I'm going to grab this fire extinguisher here and this door open in a fucking jiffy. Can he get that door open? Can he? Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> he beats it for about five minutes. 
And I actually appreciate that because see every time somebody in a film turns up at a padlocked raw iron gate, Malky's it with a flashlight and then opens it and walks in. Fuck off. That's not how locks work. Or indeed gates, or indeed metal. That's not how metal works. I'm getting I'm getting flashbacks to your very first ever Basvi horror where you had a particular gripe with a fireman who snapped someone's neck and you're like, you're no fucking Steven Seagal. <laughs> so hats off to Paul Rudd and the properly reinforced door handle in this fucking sanitarium. Because that's another thing. It's not as if they're going to buy their door fittings out of fucking Ikea. It's a sanitarium. <laughs> You've got to figure they're fairly well reinforced, these fucking things. You try to can it in with a chub. <laughs> Now, for American listeners, chub is a make a fire extinguisher in this country, not a chubby semi erect penis. <laughs> Although we do call them chubs as well, but chub is a make a fire extinguisher in this country. It's a popular brand. He's standing there beating his dick off the door. Um, <laughs> um. Oh, the good it would do. Uh, oh, do you think that's how Paul Rudd initiates sex with his partner? Just pizza, pizza like we cocks in. Um, um. <laughs> He's on the Bobby Tap. The Bobby Tap. <laughs> Hashtag Bobby Tap. Uh, <laughs> Bobby Tap. He manages to tell you about the Bobby Tap later on. There's my pal's theory about Paul. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, there's been enough fucking muck in this show. I'm moving on. Uh, he manages to rescue it at the very last minute. Um, I've written here there's a mad cult on the loose of the sanitarium. I bet it's basically the people from earlier on who I'd clearly forgotten about on my first watching. Mm-hmm. Michael Myers turns up and then I nodded off, I've written here. Oh no. Um, Michael Myers tries to kill Kara. <laughs> Wee Danny shouts at him and calls him off. Paul Rudd hits him with a hypodermic needle. This, right now, this isn't in my notes but I remember this for the second watch. And basically Rudd fools him again with a fake baby. <laughs> but it's no toilet roll this time. <coughs> It's hundreds of hypodermic needles filled with Mountain Dew. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in in fairness, it looks like Mountain Dew and there is no other explanation given as to what is in those hypodermic needles, so I'm going to fucking Mountain Dew and he knew that Michael Myers had a fairly serious tartrazine allergy. He sticks him with about five of these fucking hypodermics. There's a bit of scrap, and then he hits him with a sixth one, and that's the fucking magic charm that puts oh, him down. Six? Did he get did he get injected six times, Buzz? Six times. <laughs> and then, uh, and then Paul Rudd basically goes to fucking town on him with a fucking pipe. I didn't even know he got injected six times. I love this movie. Are you sure it's six? My uh, penis yeah. totally changed. <laughs> So fucking Paul Rudd goes to town on him with a lead pipe like something that I gave a Cluedo. <laughs> and basically, he's going to get his warm mountain dew coming out his new mask and all that, he's all fucked. Um, then everybody leaves apart from Loomis. Can't even remember why Loomis doesn't leave. I think maybe he's decided to get his job back or something. Well, you, 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 you missed a bit earlier on where the... Don't care. Where he's the camera pans <laughs> into the mask. Oh, fuck me, Michael Myers is gone. He's still no fucking dude. And then, then it's the credits. Well, you hear, you, 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 you,
it is like like a scream, uh, Michael Myers, isn't it? Earlier on, um, when they first reach the sanitarium, Loomis takes out the big fucking gun and then hobbles away up uh, and goes into the office where his friend, employer, whatever we want to call him, is in there and he basically tries to tell... He basically regales... Donnie P with some of the stories about what is actually happening in the movie. So this is quite an important bit that you said. <laughs> Basically tells him that, that you know, there's, they need to harness evil and and all the rest of Michael's evil and he'll set the balance is correct and he needs Loomis to be part of it. It barely has any bearing on anything, let's be honest here, but It makes more sense when I explain how it's reshot in the other version. But yeah, there's like Donnie P... He basically runs back in to get Michael Myers to, I'm assuming, finish him off um, to find that he's not there. Camera pans away. No! Yeah. End of movie. And that's that's the end of the movie. Um, like I said a minute ago, it's just really, really badly edited. Mm-hmm. And on my second watch, it's blatantly obvious that there are entire scenes that have just been cut out of this. Mm-hmm. For whatever fucking reason, um, and I'm assuming that that is possibly handled a bit better in this mythical director's cut that I believe you're going to talk about shortly. Yes. Um, well, so uh, I'm that's... going to get off everybody's back. I know you were all fucking you know knowing about it. I never watched it. I don't fucking care enough. But uh, Duncan <laughs> has, and he will talk about it. Um, <laughs> one of the interesting things, everybody, I put a thing on fucking Twitter yet, eh, not Twitter on Instagram yesterday, just a photograph of my DVD and my. Big toe poking out above it, bizarrely. <laughs> um, so, it looks slightly like a wee malformed cock. But it's not, it is my foot. It is my foot. Because, aye. Unless my helmet's been split into four parts. Which is, oh, so, um, it's just my foot. Just, just, just my foot. Um, and I, I got... I think I put some like uh, yeah, lining up for this, not heard anybody say one good word about it. And we did get a, a, a fairly sizable reply for Instagram from a lovely lady called Jersey Ghoul. Oh, hi, Jersey Ghoul. Now, I think she comes from New Jersey and she's into horror films as opposed to that was her name. <laughs> we can never know. Anyway, Jersey Ghoul, she was saying, um, she said she loved it first of all. Oh. And I was like, ah, I said, you know, you're honestly the first person I know that's anything positive to say about it. And she says, I'm usually the green apple out of the reds. Ah. I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> and she then goes on to explain a bit and she says she doesn't really know why it got so much hate. Uh, she likes it for a lot of different reasons. She likes the mask in this one. Um, I still personally think it looks like a see you Jimmy wig, but that's <laughs> me. If she does come from New Jersey, as her name would fucking uh, kind of indicate then she possibly doesn't know what CU Jimmy Wig is. <laughs> possibly if she holidays in Edinburgh, that film will be ruined for her. <laughs> um, and she actually said here that, uh, that what the fuck have I done? Why is it all gone small? I don't I know. This, I hate this iPad sometimes, right? It's already back. Um, she says this with several great kill scenes in it. And uh, first I was like, hey, you are talking shite. <laughs> But in fairness, on my second watch, I thought Jersey Girl is actually right. There are a few pretty decent kills in this film. Um, she says she liked how the family's living in the house. I did not, Jersey Girl, so you're wrong there, hen. Uh, she likes the nod to John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, since those are the parents' names, apparently. Mm-hmm. Didn't get that. In fairness, I don't really care. 
Um, and most of all, she says it was Donald Pleasance's last film and he was an important role next to Myers. Mm. Uh, I would take that one board, Jersey Ghoul. I'm just glad they let the man fucking die. Now that they didn't bring him back, we bust the rings. That would have been hideous. I've not even seen that film, but I can only imagine how bad that would have been. Anyway, just a wee shout out to Jersey Ghoul for chipping in on Instagram. I don't often get a lot of proper kind of chat going on Instagram, so... Mm-hmm. Good on you, Hen, as we say in this country. Yeah, very much so. We have some uh, movie feedback coming up in the closing segment as well that yeah. came in from some of our listeners by email. Um, do you, you want keep me... a talk, I'm going to finish my whiskey back, sir. Right, so uh, I checked out the producer's cut right after watching the, the theatrical cut, so I just went right from the movie right into the other movie. And there is some noticeable differences, and a lot of what you were attributing to interesting edits, i.e. very disjointed, are kind of covered in the in the producer's cut. So the story was that the they made the movie, they sent it into Miramax, I think was the company that handled this one. Um, and Miramax were like, no, 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 cut this, cut this, change this, change this, do this, make it more bloody, do this, do this, do this, do this, change this, change this. And so... Do you know, right, see there, mm-hmm. why the fucking cut... Companies whose job it is to make films do things that make films shite. From their point of view, they're not filmmakers. They're sitting down checking out demographics. So go I figure if you work for a company that makes films, you would have a passing fucking interest in the medium. Yeah, well, I think, but I think that's the the interesting thing about this. From from my point of view, is that you literally look at. I mean, this is 95, the following year Scream comes out, released by the same company, and Scream doesn't have anyone meddling in it and becomes a fucking huge hit that changes the face of slasher movies moving forward. So, I don't know what... I, I get the feeling it may have been because the, the director of this movie, you know, had not done loads. Um, has certainly done quite a bit since. Mostly TV, actually, and I get the feeling that probably... I mean, this was his second movie um, that he did, so maybe they interjected a bit more because it was just his second movie where someone like Wes Craven, um, when it comes to Scream, has been making movies for, you know, by that point, almost three decades. That I thought you were going to say, so maybe they said after this one, mate, films aren't really for you, just driving back there. <laughs> Well, less chance of you fucking stuff up. They did went on to have quite a prolific career. He did a lot of stuff with The Wire, so and The Wire is a show that I fucking love. So the Wire was amazing, although I did have to watch it with subtitles on. <laughs> so well, he's laughing now because he did. And the saying Wire. that, I think a lot of folk have requested subtitles on this show. <laughs> that is true. That is true. It doesn't work on a podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so basically, what there, there are sizable differences in certain areas to do with the curse of Michael Myers as a producer's cut, which was apparently bootlegged and traded around, so it was still released but in bootleg form and did the rims for many, many, many years, not being officially released, um, and then it eventually made its way to DVD, it's now made its way to Blu-ray, if you bought the Scream Factory box set like I did, it comes with Halloween Part 6, so you get both Blu-rays, um, and I checked it out, and... I see th- he did... Um Sorry, I've clicked on another link. He did Hellraiser Bloodline. Was that one of the shite Hellraisers? I love Hellraiser Bloodline, so oh, I have no bad words about that one. Although, funnily enough, that one does start in space. So, 
Who was it? Take that space idea. So I've, that was actually quite a good idea. I'd have take take Pinhead to space. Um, so yeah, right. So basically, what we have is like some small differences to do with the start of this movie. So the start of the producer's cut, the monologue that comes over the top is actually done by Donald Pleasance. I don't know why you would change that, like at all. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I don't know. Like, to, that to me blew my mind. Why do Paul Rudd saying that? When yeah, especially Loomis, when he's unknown at the time. Yeah, when Loomis is the voice of the series. So basically it is not just implied, but it's pretty much shown that Michael Myers is completely under the control of the Cult of Thorn. So he's like a robot, like an android. They tell him what to do, they point out what he wants to kill and he will go and kill them, right? Headed up by this man with the black coat and all the rest. That includes raping Jamie Lloyd because the baby is actually Michael Myers' child. Right, wait a minute. <laughs> Jamie Lloyd is, is his niece. niece. Yeah. So he pumped his niece. Yeah, he's 15 year old niece. Because remember, in this movie, she's 15 years old because it's six years after when she was nine. Oh, so sick. this movie seems quite happy to put forward the premise that. I did actually wonder if that was. Because you don't. In the version I saw, you don't know who the baby's dad is. Yeah. But it would appear to be kind of obvious it would need to be something like that the way this film goes do you know what I mean yeah so basically it's part of their it's like some weird sort of ritual to to bring about the ascension of Michael Myers or some shit like that and by doing that I believe they're trying to sacrifice the baby that's why they're you know, because it's like the last heir or something to the Myers family some shit like that I don't know so basically the, the guy that's in the corner that remember you were saying the guy in the corner with the knife, the guy in black that speaks to the kid. Ah. Uh-huh. And he says, "Kill for me." Yeah. Right. That that is alluded to that he had did the same, or the cult did the same to Michael Myers when mm. he was a child, and that's why he murdered his family. Now, this is the first. Yeah, of, that like, does get hinted at in the version that the, the the old fucking Mrs. Blankenship kind of says that. Yeah, it, it's kind of more alluded through the conversation between the guy in black and Loomis in the conversation which you slept through, but it's more important in the producer's cut because he mentioned more in it. Right. Um, I, I really don't like this idea because... Once again, the more backstory you try and give to Michael Myers, the less of an interesting character it becomes to me. There's something yeah. truly terrifying about a kid that just murders his family for no reason at all and is just evil. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't agree with that. I wouldn't disagree with yeah, that, rather. That's, now, yeah. now that we attribute it to some weird, creepy cult who just, for some reason, randomly picked Michael Myers and a man walked into his room, gave him a knife and said, kill for me, mm-hmm. and he went away and did it. And this is basically the, the premise here is that they have now con- they've now got control of Michael Myers. Um, the kills are pretty much different in every respect. Um, right. Like, almost every death is different in this movie. So, Jamie Lloyd doesn't die... Um, by getting impaled on a, <laughs> a three-headed chainsaw. Um, she's originally stabbed by Michael Myers first in the barn. Um, Michael Myers leaves her for dead. Um, but she's not dead. She's actually in a coma in the hospital. And while she's dreaming about all the horrible rape that happened to her in her coma, the man in black pulls out a gun and shoots her in the head in the middle of a hospital. Oh, they... <laughs> They clearly did not like the Jamie Lloyd character that we spent two movies with before. Yeah. That's how she snuffed out. Hardly a word of dialogue, kill her off. Don't really like that. I think that's uh, and the real lassie that played her in the last two was the best thing about those fucking films. Yeah. And why not cast Daniel Harris? Why not get Daniel Harris back in six years later to reprise the role? 
Probably because she would have looked 15, because that girl does not look 15. She does not look 15. She looks like she's maybe in her early 20s. Mm. Um, which, once again, I've got issues with. Uh, is, that, is that maybe by design, because they can't really show 15-year-olds getting shagged? Yeah, but then just I mean? don't have that in the movie. Or set it later on. Who says it has to be six years? Set it ten mm. years. I don't, you know, I don't get that. Because yeah, it comes that's out, fair enough. Because the movie comes out in 1995, you don't have to set it in 1995. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is by this point, this is just academic. Um, and plagues this series horribly. Um, so the dad dies not by electrocution. He dies by getting stabbed and falls back on the breaker. But the knife is what pierces the electric circuit board, which shorts things out. So he doesn't die by electrocution big fucking change there it's you know infinitely the funny thing about it is everyone kept talking about how much gory this version was and it is to an extent but it's not at the same time um, mm-hmm. the deaths if anything I actually think are more reserved in the producer's cut than they are in the theatrical cut and I wonder if that's maybe some of the changes go back and make this more violent go back and make this more bloody because mm-hmm. um, it, it certainly felt certain deaths felt far more vicious um, and the and the theatrical over the producer's cut. The whole end of this movie is completely different. Like completely right. different. Right, for for a start, like Loomis is far more unhinged in this version. Far right. more unhinged. A lot more kinda Oh I am Loomis, believe me um, oh. sort of thing. But the end of this movie, the end back at the sanitarium, but underneath the sanitarium is apparently a huge this huge fucking altar to the cult of Thorn. <laughs> It's fucking Garth Marenghi's dark place yeah. after all. Yeah, it's really, really, it makes no sense. Um, Loomis is dragged in to see his old compadre, uh, who basically tells him that he wants to pass on control of the cult to Loomis, which no. doesn't make any sense. Why no. would you, the Loomis is like not with, but he explains it all out, the control of evil, to set the balance right, you need someone who can bring fear to people or some shit it's so contrived it's unbelievable Um, then we get a sequence where he's like it's like something from fucking Dragnet Um, if anyone's seen Dragnet that whole pagan ceremony in Dragnet is exactly like this Um, they're all standing around this altar and all the rest and you know uh, fucking Paul Rudd saves the day kind of but he's already explained about this uh, Samween sort of ruin thing with the colour of thorn and he thinks he knows how to control Michael Myers and this is just when the movie becomes bollocks. So they manage to basically steal the baby and they go on the run. Who, who, the baddies? No, no, no. The baddies, already had the, baby. the baddies already had the baby but Paul Rudd manages to get the baby back right. get the woman back and the small annoying kid that you don't like um, yep. and they run along that corridor and you do get that corridor shot which by the way I think is fucking amazing because the camera basically feels like there's a guy running with a camera up this huge fucking corridor and Michael Myers is in the distance walking towards it and I think that's a really effective shot but basically Paul Rudd decides to stay back and sacrifice himself so Loomis appears, lets them through this locked door to put them in an elevator Paul Rudd puts out all these different ruins and then says the word is that ruins ruins sorry as yeah, opposed ruins. to ruins although he ruins this movie um, <laughs> he puts the ruins down and um, basically supposed to say the word Samhain which is the correct pronunciation for someone that apparently knows about Celtic and Druid mythology he doesn't know how to pronounce it because he calls it Samhain 
it's not well, the right that's thing. That's how I pronounce it, Vernon. Yeah, it's not as pronounced. Um, hey, if it's good enough for Danzig, it's good enough for Misa. This is true. If Dan, whatever Danzig does is fine. Even if it kind of looks like I'm like a like a kind of <laughs> no, I'm not going to finish that sentence because we do love Danzig. We do love the, the, the podcast under the stairs is a big fan of Danzig. Modo. Um, so um, that was a terrible Danzig impression. That was really bad. It was really bad. Uh, so yes, he puts all these stones down and manages to stop Michael Myers like a robot in his tracks, and Michael Myers just stands still. And he can't penetrate. He's, there's a ring of ruins around him. And oh, he can't I'd leave. like to see get to fuck at this point. Yeah, at this point, I was like, this is pretty fucking pish. Um, so they all make their way out to the car, uh, like you saw before, and Loomis decides that he's going to go back in. But the man in black has went up to Michael Myers to try and get Michael Myers to move, like kind of waving in his face, going, Michael, you know this. And you, we see Michael ha- Myers' hand kind of grasp at their fist. When we come in, Michael Myers is lying on the ground. Um, Loomis goes across to him assuming he's dead removes the mask to find it is in fact the man in black who grabs Loomis's hand and transmits the the fucking tattoo on his wrist get to fuck with <laughs> this is no joke where I'm going no as it transfers over his hand and in the last shot of the movie we see Michael Myers dressed as the man in black walking up a long corridor presumably to start his role in the Doctor series Um yeah off. right I'm just going to say it, like, it actually sounded better for a wee while until that ending the ending's fucking awful to this movie like the ending to this version I liked a little bit more of the way they tied up the mythology Um I, I, I thought that was handled a bit better. I, I liked the... There's more scenes of Donald Pleasance, which, to be honest, at this stage, I'm quite happy when he's on screen because it means I have to spend less time with characters that I don't really like. Um, but the last 15 minutes of the movie is is bad. It's really, really bad. And I keep coming back to this. I know there are people that really like this movie and I am always a firm believer. Listen, there are Friday the 13th movies that I love like Jason Goes to Hell, <clears throat> which people will say are bad fucking movies because Jason's not in it and they add this mythology that only three or four, four he's can Jason die and all this stuff, right? But to me, the Friday the 13th movies by that point have a sense of humour yeah. and Halloween does not have a sense of humour. It's played completely straight-faced and it's awful. You neuter the character of Michael Myers when you remove his ability to have free will. He no longer has free will. He's a puppet. He's a yeah, robot. Yeah, that's true. It's, yep. no, it's you know, it's no longer that that you've you that character is no longer scary to me at all, because all the mystery's gone. Because we're giving them a backstory, which makes no fucking sense. It's such a fucking bad backstory, um, and it's it's flung in poorly. The cult of Thorn stuff is shit, um, and I, I love how people will condemn Halloween three, but praise Halloween six. When basically Halloween six rips off Halloween three, totally rips it off. So we need to have the, the this oh yeah, sort of, so I see what you mean. Yeah, Celtic this. connection and all yeah. this shit that's happening, and the, the the stars need to be in alignment and all this pish, right? Well, because Michael Myers is in this movie, it gets a pass. No, it doesn't. Michael Myers' mask is not good in this movie. I'm sorry, uh, Jersey Girl. It's for some reason it's now painted light blue. Let's yeah, I I didn't like it as much in this one either. I've got to say, don't get don't get it. Don't understand that. You know, I, I don't understand why he's still wearing the boiler suit. 
as well. If he's now with the cult, why is he not wearing like cult robes or something? Why keep him in the boiler suit? Do you know one thing, actually, I would like to mention just very quickly, which I forgot? Mm-hmm. There's a scene kind of fairly early on when the wee kid Danny is coming home from school carrying a pumpkin, mm-hmm. and you see the kind of dark stranger character. Yes. Down, and it's, it's reminiscent of the scene in the first film where Michael's standing down the street yeah. when Jamie's coming home. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it was a kind of nod to that. Yeah, there's, right? there is. There's a that lot. character standing there, that really genuinely creeped me out a bit and did I, me as well I don't think I've been creeped out yeah, there was maybe a couple of bits in the first film but the bit with Michael standing in the street uh, generally and then you get Paul Rudd walks in front and makes him drop his fucking pumpkin mm-hmm. and then he bends down and he looks at him he's like big dramatic pause yeah. <laughs> sorry fuck off Paul Rudd do you but know what I mean but, that, but that's that. even that is like a play on the first movie as well with the police officer saying everyone's entitled to one good scare. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's so many riffs in this movie on the original Halloween. I don't know if the intention was to make this the last one. If it is, I don't understand why Michael Myers is still alive at the end of it. Um, also don't understand why Loomis is alive at the end of it. Once again... I, I genuinely believe with a lot of these types of films, no, not just Halloween, a lot of these types of films, it's just that we're too scared to kill them. Yeah. Because, well, I don't know, maybe in a couple of years things aren't going too well, we might want to roll this fucker back out again, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, they, I mean, but a I lot did, of them do. Do I say a fucking balls, Miramax, <laughs> or whoever the fuck Yeah. Yeah, I, but that, in fairness, that's kind of what happened with Hellraiser. The last Hellraiser movie got made because, and it got made within six months because the rights were to that character were about to lapse with Mirror, Miramax. I think it was Miramax, actually, or New Line. Um, so the, the rights are about to... So you rush it in, you put a movie out, and then you can retain the rights for a certain amount of time again. Yeah, which you is told a, me that before. Which is about to lapse again, which is why they're doing this new movie. Um, and God bless you, Doug Bradley. Doug Bradley's like, no, I'm not. No, if it's not like properly well thought out and all the rest, I'm not fucking doing it. Even mm. though Pinhead has a tiny part in these movies now, I'm not fucking doing it. And fair play to you, big man. That's that. That to me commands a bit of respect. Yep, that you absolutely. at least hold your character in a high regard like that. The the, the, the issues with six are 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 huge. It's not a scary movie. Um, the kills are okay. I don't think they're all that... I don't think they're overly great and where I would usually focus on something like that as being a positive point, I think even if the kills were brilliant, the movie's still not great. It's edited badly in both versions. Um, it's very disjointed. It tries to shoehorn in a ton of mythology which feels very rushed and not very well thought out. Um, like, right in at the last minute. I genuinely don't understand... Who who our hero is in this movie, and compared to other ones, is it the little boy? Are we rooting for the little boy? Is it his mother? Is it Paul Rudd's character? There's there's so many main characters yeah. in this movie now that slasher movies should have a final girl and that should be it. Yeah. And I had that in all the other movies apart from this one where it's now the Scooby Gang. Um, I, I, I don't like that about it. I think the acting is horrendous in this movie. I mean, like even by other slasher standards, the acting is bad in this mm. movie. Um, yeah, I just don't... I really think this is the low point for the series. And I'm not just saying that because I came in with this preconceived idea of I saw this movie 10 years ago or however long, probably longer than 10 years now, maybe even closer closer to 20. I, th- I think I saw it about the time it came out. Um, and maybe people thought that 
because I've only ever watched it that one time before and I hated it then and that was me as a teenager seeing it and I didn't like it then and I'm now looking at it with with and I'm not an elitist and I'm not a snob when it comes to this because like we said before I, I mean I love fucking Nightmare on Elm Street 2 people mm-hmm. hate that movie I love that movie I like Friday the 13th Part 5 people hate that movie and I love that I like Jason X I've heard so many rants of people that have said that's a bad fucking movie and I love it I'm not saying they're great movies but I love them mm-hmm. this movie is just bad I mean it's bad across the board whereas like 5 like evokes like actual hatred for me because it's just a fucking stupid movie this, this movie isn't stupid but it is just it's poor it's poorly conceived mm-hmm. poorly acted and poorly made see I would I, I was I, I try sometimes and shy away from what everybody's saying about these films and I have asked some of the listeners sometimes to kind of ease off on Facebook and on Twitter leading up to films that I'm going to watch because it, it does bias me and I did approach this with a certain sense of bias I'm not going to lie uh, because with the exception of that Jersey Ghoul on Instagram, all I was getting was this is hellish, this film is utter shit, blah, blah, blah. You'll need fucking take cocaine to stay awake and all this kind of stuff. Fair enough, I could have probably done the drugs to stay awake. <laughs> um, but, see, in fairness to it, mm-hmm. I don't think I hate it any more than five. Right. I, I, I do take on board what you're saying the the shocking editing job and the really really dodgy like cinematic effects that they use like the bit where Rudd's beating them at the end and they do this speeded up fucking as if time's flashing by type effect what mm-hmm. the fuck man mm-hmm. you know what I mean you don't need to do that if you don't want to drag this scene out for two minutes just have him batter him twice or yeah. you know anything at all pans away Michael Myers is dead and some of the sound of it all of these like screams and noises as if there's other people in the room and it's no it's sound effects yeah you're like what the fuck I do take your point it's definitely the worst made of them all mm-hmm. in terms of the director or maybe not even the director that's maybe didn't have a disservice how it finished how this finished article came out to be honest what you're saying about this director's cut sounds better at points and possibly worse at other points mm-hmm. So I don't think either of them come out particularly well. But general overall feeling, I would I would struggle to say which one I like least between this and five. Let me Four put, I didn't particularly yeah. like, but at least it was a little bit different with the character of Jamie and stuff well, like that. Well, let me in. put it that way. Um, you still quite liked, we had this conversation, you still quite liked the character of Jamie in five. You said that there's scenes with her best, Beside Donald Pleasance, where she's acting her socks off and yeah. Daniel Hass is brilliant. In it. I thought I thought she was the best thing in the film by far. Yeah. Do yeah. you do, can you point to any character in the sticks one that you actually think even did you like no. anyone in the movie? No, no. So no, I mean, I, to I, me, that's that's a that's a, a heads up. The nearest you thing. get Rudd, I disliked. Yeah, and and like I said, I like Paul Rudd. This is not a good performance at all. No, and it's his first movie, and it's yeah. a it's a horror movie. And I, we spoke before. If you look at Johnny Depp's performance in Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street, it's not great. And if you look at Kevin Bacon's performance in Friday the Thirteenth, it's not great. Oh no, it's not great, Baz. It's not. It's not a great Bacon performance. Yeah, yeah, fair play. As as a as a step up, a lot of actors have to do 
horror movies, and he's in horror movies, and he's, you can tell he's out his depth, and you can see why he does the movies he does, which are more light-hearted, uh, light-hearted and comedic, because he's a funny guy. Why you're putting him into one of the most serious parts in this movie is beyond me, because the guy doesn't crack a smile in the movie yeah, at all. Yeah, I mean, he spends I, I most of it running with a baby like a rugby ball under his arm. Yeah. The, the 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 only one that you could possibly going to equate is possibly the character of Kara. Yeah. And I, I would say I had literally no feelings for her at all. Yeah. Over the course of the film, so yeah, yeah, I would take on board what you're saying there. It doesn't change my mind, mm-hmm. but as a valid point, yeah, I, I would struggle to actually say there was a character in there that I, I liked. Yeah. yeah I, I, I mean, that's what comes. It comes back to me is, I, I mean, I I. I dislike four, I hate five, and I I hate six more than I hate five because there are sl- there's some elements in five that I can sit there and say I quite like, I quite like this or I quite like how they did this. There is nothing I like about six at all. Um, and I know I'm sorry, and I know there are the thing is I know what it's like to be on the other end of this I know what it's and I, I hate doing it I know what it's like to really enjoy a, a later you know movie in a, a you know a franchise and really kind of like it because it does something different um, and to have people shit on it like for for all the reasons that you know if you know I wish on some level I had seen the first time I'd seen this movie that I'd built up a degree of nostalgia that I could cruise over some of the stuff but and I've said it before I'm a Friday guy I like Jason Voorhees I overlook a lot of issues with that series and if you are a hardcore Michael Myers fan I can imagine you probably do the same in here um, the inclusion of Doctor Loomis as a character is not enough to make me. You know, overlook the 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 blatant issues that are in this movie, and yeah, I don't really have anything else to say about it. I, what I'm looking forward to is checking out Resurrection, which is a movie that I've seen in the last year, and I'm going to stick by it. I think Resurrection's a better movie, and that'll get me lynched because no one likes Resurrection. So yeah, I'm actually I'm kind of looking forward to these newer ones, just because you <laughs> just haven't looked at they can remind me of like. Urban Legend and Scream and that kind of era yep. of horror films and H two O's post Scream, so yeah, Scream so you're moving away impact. from the, the shitty kind of eighties type ones. Yeah, um, and as that was one other thing I was going to say, I was really disappointed. Uh, this episode, mm-hmm. the thing that disappointed me the most was that Jamie Lee Curtis isn't in any of them because I know from the cover of my DVD that she is in these later ones. Yeah, um, and I I thought before I started this or she must be you know because she's the final girl in them mm-hmm. she'll be right through the franchise the way like Neve Campbell is and Scream yeah Sydney Sydney's in all of them yeah so. but she's she's not I mean, she's completely missing from all of these mm-hmm. um, and I was a wee bit disappointed in that because I do like her yeah, I, I would agree with you on that one and we, we spoke about it before Jamie Lee Curtis her career went on a huge trajectory after doing on, after doing things like Halloween and then she did The Fog and then she did Trading Places and then she was, for a short time, America's Sweetheart. Um, and then when the offers stopped coming in as much, she, funnily enough, came back to Halloween. Which... Do you know, actually, just the one thing in Paul Rudd that I'll mention, mm-hmm. I've, I've just jumped out of Wikipedia here because you were saying you thought this was his first part. It wasn't his first part. All right. It was actually in a couple of films I'd never heard of, but he was in, in the same year, but before this, 
He was in Clueless. <laughs> was Remember he in Clueless? Ah, he was the brother. Fucking hell. Right. That and, makes more sense to me. Right, and after it, so he did that, then he did Halloween, and then right after that he did fucking Romeo and Juliet, you know, the, the Leonardo DiCaprio one. Is he in that? Uh, I'll need to, I, I'll need to go back and check. And he decided that they would perfectly sandwich <laughs> the fucking character of Tommy Doyle and fucking Halloween, the curse of fucking Michael Myers. Our, our good buddy Gary Hill's actually going to, I want to say it's Horror Hound, uh, one of these conventions, and they have a complete like reunion of cast members from Halloween 6 attending and Paul Rudd was supposed to attend but has now pulled out at the last minute and Gary seems to reckon and I think he's probably right that his role as that man and his inclusion in the Captain America Civil War movie probably have him in a slightly higher profile to do a horror con um, but see in fairness that's all the more reason you wouldn't fucking do it, man. Yeah, I would say this. Don't forget the fucking people like Gary and that that love these fucking films. Don't forget and where you came from. Supporting you when you were the wee dick in yeah. Halloween 6. Fuck mm. that, man. That's shite. Yeah, never forget where you come from. I Especially think if he's the only one that doesn't turn up. That's horse shit. I think he is the only one from the lineup that isn't actually going. Well, uh, which maybe is, Donald plays insisting. Well, right, right, but let's <laughs> no laugh when you say that, right? The guy has passed on to a better place. He ascended six times, six oh, times. A better place than Halloween Six. <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah. So um, let's uh, let's let's bring this one in. Uh, anything else you want to say about it before I give you your grade? No, have we not? Have we not still got all of this? What about all the stuff the listeners sent in? That comes in the final section, Baz. All right, okay. <laughs> hey, well, no, I've got nothing more to say. This has been literally the longest review I think we've ever done. Uh, yeah, we've been talking about this movie for a while now. Um, funnily enough, with your non-existent notes, um, <laughs> so I don't know how that. Uh, um, so yeah, uh, when it comes to your grade, sir, I am going to give you an. Oh, I've got to give you an A minus, Baz, because you fell asleep. Yeah, I was going to say. And, and there was a couple of things. See the 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 kind of plot behind the cult and all that. Yeah, I had actually picked up on that in the normal cut that I saw, mm-hmm. and I, I've kind of admitted that I don't think my review was on point because yeah, I fell asleep both times and I'm half pissed. So <laughs> an, a, an A minus is a fair mark, sir. <laughs> Uh, right, so that is the final movie review of this episode, the final Halloween movie that we will be covering on this episode. We are going to take one short break. When we come back, we're going to be getting onto your listener comments and we're going to be closing out the show right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been Baz V Horror as we have looked at Halloween's part 4, 5 and 6. Closing out the second chapter of the Halloween franchise. Hope you've enjoyed that, Baz. Did you enjoy yourself? Oh, I've had a blast, big man. <laughs> what a difference a show makes. <laughs> like, literally things went downhill pretty fucking fast. Yep. Yep. Um, right, so like I said, just before we took our break, we have had some listener feedback on the movies that we're covering. So we're going to kick into it. The first one came in from our good buddy Grant Henderson. Um, Grant is, I think he's been listening for about a year now, um, and lives not that far away from us yet. We have still never met him, Buzz. Well, I was I famously I was supposed to take uh, a, a competition prize to him, but 
events got away from me and I never managed that. So I've never actually hooked up with Grant, but he's a massive fucking pervert, so I dread to think how it would go if we ever did meet he, up. He really, he's almost Baz levels of pervert. Yeah, yeah, like, he, he's up there. He would yeah. give me a run for my money. Yeah, there's something in the water, I think. Um, so Grant writes, Hello, Uncle Duncan and Auntie Baz. <laughs> Which we, we did like that. Uh, thought about sending you some Halloween feedback, but you know something? I only watched him a few months ago, and he's putting brackets here. I own the sexy Scream Factory edition, like I do, Grant, like I do. Yes, I'm showing off. I'm a region love, region one loving bastard. And he says, bar a few tiny fleeting images, he can't remember a fucking thing. That happens with age, Grant. It doesn't get any better. That um, sounds like in part six. I've got is it? Yeah, Bass fell asleep. So um, he says, what comes to mind is two things. Oh, I went, yeah, at minutes he wanted to see Michael run through with a large kitchen knife and some god-awful looking shit. That's kind of right in part six. Uh, fucked up mask. I, I didn't find that kid that annoying, Buzz. What one? The, Danny and... Oh, he's a wee dick. Is he? Yeah, he looks like a fucking creeper, though. <laughs> That's right, he says, fucked up masks. How the hell could they get something so simple, so wrong, um, is beyond me. I remember that pissing me off the most. Mind you, I'm sure that these still are a lot more fun than what's coming on very soon. Everyone sing along with me while everybody's fucking in a UFO. And that's the new Rob Zombie song. So I get the feeling that Grant doesn't like the Rob Zombie movies. Uh, we'll find out if the Baz does. Baz kind of likes the remakes of movies, so we'll wait and see. Um, so thank you very much, Grant, for sending that in to us. Uh, Baz. Yes. You have specifically told me you wanted to read this one out because your spirit animal, once yep. again, sent in an email. So the floor is for you now. Come on, primo amigo, Myron Schmidt emailed us. Uh, he says, Baz and Duncan, I don't know where to start with this mess. Four and five are just real sleepers. I mean, they caused me to go to sleep, literally. <laughs> In the US, all right, this is in the US, these get rerun a lot, and I've seen them more than I should. They just aren't that good. Then number six comes around, and where did they pull this idea from? A cult that controlled Michael. I see now he's bang on here. This is exactly what you were saying. A cult that controls Michael Myers, really. Bottom of the barrel on this one. I have to admit that this is a guilty pleasure for me, even though it's horrid, and that ending is beyond stupid. I just find it fun. It's so out there. Batshit stupid that I find it fun. I only watch this about every other year. Has to be in small doses. I love the show, guys. And that was from Myron. Um, so yeah, I think Myron's kind of pretty much on board there. Uh, the, the sense of affection he has for it, I don't, I don't get. Mm -hmm. I, I've had that kind of sense of affection with previous franchises, certain Nightmare on Elm Street, certain Friday the 13th films that weren't very good. Yeah. But I, I did have a... I can a, I can a rye can a fondness for kind of thing. Jason X, I was, I know I slated badly, <laughs> looking back, it's kind of funny. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, I don't get that with part six. But then, in fairness, Myron's clearly seen a lot more than me. So fair play to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, right up next uh, is uh, uh, this was really lengthy and wordy, um, but. Or, this or, was four fucking pages. It was four pages. It was a mini <laughs> essay, um, but it's from long-term listener Mark Walton. Uh, Mark has been on my case since before, like long before we even had the idea to do the poll for movies for 
are, did I ever intend to, or were we ever going to get Baz to watch the Halloween movies? So he's been very invested in this, primarily because he actually quite enjoys parts four, five, and six. Um, and the funny thing about the announcement that I was doing part six last night is quite a few people did actually come out and defend the movie, um, seeing pretty much like what I do with like uh, Jason Goes to Hell. You know that, that they enjoy it for the silliness and over the topness, um, and where I appreciate like the you know chasing ghost tell because there is a weird sense of humour throughout that movie um, and it's the very reason I don't like this movie is it kind of feels like it should have its tongue in its cheek and it doesn't it just it's played so serious that I, I just can't get my head around that so um, but he wrote quite a long one I'm not going to read it all out Mark but what I've done is I've condensed him into some of the main points that you've raised and uh, yeah so I'm just going to read it out right now and me and Baz will let you know what I think about it so when it comes to Halloween 4, it says this might be his favourite out of the three and it's usually one of the most popular sequels with fans in general. Um, it says the opening scene sets great tone for Halloween with the images. He likes the fact that it tries to pick up after Halloween 2 to continue that story and given an explanation of how both Loomis and Michael survived the explosion at the end of Halloween 2. Uh, Loomis returns in a similar fashion, depicting the obsessed doctor trying to stop Myers. Uh, the teenage characters in the story are likeable to him and he does enjoy their time on screen. He says there's great chemistry between the characters of Rachel and Brady. Um, and whilst it isn't quite Laurie, Annie and Linda like from the original movie, he did enjoy watching them on screen. He enjoys uh, Loomis being reunited with the Haddonfield police. Um, the Sheriff Meeker character was one of the better characters in the series in his opinion. The family element of Michael uh, hunting his relatives is continued in this film as well. Um, and the family connection causes issues for the series somewhat locked away with Myers' motives for killing only his family but he likes to think that part four would have been the only time that they could have moved away from that story arc but once he made this decision that Michael's target was his niece it pretty much solidified that element for the franchise and I agree with that once that it becomes fairly you know focused in um, I can't mention a bit about Resurrection because Baz hasn't seen that yet um, it says the production moved to Salt Lake City, which he thinks was a wise choice. The town's definitely smaller town feel made the streets and main characters live on uh, in the way that reminded them of trick-or-treating from when he was a kid. It says the ending of the film is a great throwback to the original, each one, and is the best ending of the three films jump on to Halloween 5. It says it starts off exactly where Halloween 4 left. The movie jumps forward a year and follows uh, follows the following Halloween, sorry. Uh, we learn that Michael managed to avoid being killed off and spends a year sleeping shit off. That's what I thought, Baz, but there you go. Uh, like a hobo in the woods, or sorry, with a hobo in the woods. It probably should have been a sign of how bad the movie was about to get. He supposed that he will give the creators credit that they're really trying to move it forward to Halloween night the following year. Um, having these films all take place on Halloween is part of the fun. I kind of, well, you know what I think about that, I've already mentioned it. Having Myers remain comatose for a year is just absurd. Um, I'm glad that you recognise that, uh, Mark. Um, just having Myers return on Halloween would have been better approach uh, than having him slip things off. I would agree. The production is back in Salt Lake City, which does have a nice Midwestern town feel to it. He does like the, uh, the way it's based in kind of Halloween and those settings and stuff. Nice to see the same locations from part four. The big downfall for this film is the casting of the main characters. Uh, this might have been some of the most unlikable characters in any of the movies that he's seen. Rachel's the only survivor from four, uh, out with the Daniel Harris character of Jamie. Um, and he has no interest in the remaining teen group. 
the kids were so unoriginal that it couldn't even come up with more original name than Bad Boy of the Group. Uh, where this movie really fell down, which is also the eventual lead down for the series, I can't mention Halloween H2, sorry Mark, um, but he mentions the introduction of the man in the black cloak that shows up throughout the movie. Uh, an unspeaking, unidentified figure that would end up being a huge complication for writers in Halloween 6. Um, when this character was put into Halloween 5, no one, including the director, really knew who he was supposed to be. So that explains why we were all confused as well. Uh, as the movie progressed, Michael starts attacking the main characters, which includes the hyper and annoying Tina. Uh, I quite like Tina. <laughs> no, I didn't. I hate her. Uh, Loomis slips from the edge of being an obsessed, determined doctor that, although odd, he's always respected and liked in each movie to what seems to be a psychopath. Totally agree with that. The movie ends on a cliffhanger with the unknown man breaking Myers out of a prison. Chef Meeker, probably one of the remaining redeeming characters in the film, is he assumes shot but you don't get to see it. Uh, he will say that he's glad that they did not attempt to make Jamie from H4 the new killer, which was pointed out before, although the original idea I think would have had the same issues as it did with H3. Um, and which not having Myers would have caused fan I'd probably agree with that fan backlash would have happened if Jamie had been the killer moving forward the final thing he says is Halloween 6 is one of the sequels that he does enjoy both the producer's cut and the theatrical version I do think the producer's cut is much better he would compare these versions to the Exorcist prequels Dominion and The Beginning similar stories primarily with the same actors but obvious differences I don't like either of those movies so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Mark, sorry, I just need to say that. In fact, he's basically had the same issues which producers took exceptions to in the final cuts for each film and had to go through and do a makeover. As I mentioned with part four, the Raiders creators do try, which must have been a difficult task, to build on what came before instead of just ignoring what happened in Halloween 5. Um, looking back, it might have been easier to dump the previous story from 5, especially The Man in Black. Uh, more so in the producer's cut, but touch on the theatrical version, it turns out that the cult and the staff in the sanitarium that were keeping Myers are trying to control Myers. Yeah. A lot of people don't care for Paul Rudd's portrayal of Tommy Doyle, neither myself or Baz did. He actually thought it was pretty good, he did a good job of portraying the person who survived a traumatic event. The film has some good kills, but if you've only seen the theatrical cut, it stops making much sense in the last half. And I think we've covered that as well. I would argue that I don't like the the last 10 minutes in the producer's cut, and I actually prefer the last 10 minutes in the theatrical cut. It says Donald Pleasant returns, but his age and health are dwindling by this time, which makes it hard to watch him in these scenes. He would admit that both endings to the producer's cut and theatrical cut are weak at best. I'm glad we agree. <laughs> it seems like we are left to believe that Loomis is killed at the end of the theatrical cut, which is what I thought. I know we never really touched on it, Baz, but that's what I thought. But given Pleasance had passed by the time of the reshoot of the film, the ending doesn't even have to, the opportunity to include him in an actual death scene. We're just hit left hearing Loomis scream again, and it made it look as though Michael had escaped again. This is one of these movies I like to throw in at Halloween parties I host because it's a good slash effect to have on in the background if you weren't paying too much attention to it. Myers looked good, the atmosphere was nice, the kills were decent, but has too many plot holes and a bad story elements if you actually sit down and pay attention to the movie. I wouldn't recommend the producer I would recommend the producer's cut to anyone who hasn't seen it, um, as it does make more a sense and is a better cut in my humble opinion. Yes, thank you very much for saying that in Mark. So what do you think of that, Baz? Yeah, I can He's, he's clearly somebody that's grown up with these films uh, and has a strong fondness. And I think he can see their flaws. Um, 
He did. Looking through the, the sort of full one that he sent here, he mentions Paul Rudd's portrayal of Tommy Doyle, um, and he thought that he did a good job of it. It was all a wee bit too camp and pantomime for me. Right. So I would disagree with him on that one, I've got to say. Um, he also has a, has a real fondness for Donald Pleasance's character of Loomis. And, and fair enough, I know I, I've ragged on it, but I get that. I, I get how you, how you can feel for that character um, and embrace the kind of over-the-top, you know, like extent of the character, if you like, kind of thing. Um, yeah, I don't agree with everything he says, I'm not going to lie, but I do get it. And I think it is nice to hear somebody kind of try and support these films, try and back them up a bit. I think lately. so as well. Yeah, I think so as well. It's good to get the other perspective because, like, me and Baz, if you are a fan of these movies, then this episode has been the most depressing episode for you, and I can only apologise. Hopefully our humour has kind of got you through it, um, and we've tried to look at the, the kind of more comical side of some of the things that have happened in it. Um, yeah, I don't have the affection that Mark has for these movies at all, um, but I appreciate the fact that you do, and I've said it before, I would hate to think that films get made and no one out there at all likes them. The whole point of cinema and the whole point of movies is that there is an audience somewhere out there that will appreciate it and I think that, especially in horror, that's one of the beauties of horror is some of what I might consider some of the worst crimes in cinema might be gold to other people um, and that's the beauty of it, it allows us the opportunity to sit down and chat about them like I say, always in a respectful fashion. I, I mean, I, I, I belittle movies, but I would never belittle the person that likes it. Um, and yeah, hopefully, Mark, uh, you have enjoyed, potentially, us talking about these movies, and you will stick around to check out where we're going next. Um, the final thing we have is another audio clip. I do like the audio clips, because it means I don't have to read them out and make loads of mistakes, which Baz will then ridicule me about afterwards, which he does, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so the last one is an audio clip from our good buddy, Joe Parker. Well, that's what he calls himself online. Uh, Serino Joe Olivas, I think is how you pronounce his name, which Baz will once again laugh at me because I'm fairly sure I got that wrong. I'm laughing on the inside, don't And You keep it on the inside, big man. Um, he sent us in a really nice audio clip, basically telling us kind of what he thinks of these movies. I think he recorded it on the fly, potentially coming home from work. He does. He works a lot at late night shifts, so uh, he did apologise that maybe he was rambling. But he basically wrote in his email, Hey Duncan, sorry I got held up with this. I hope the deadline hasn't passed. It hasn't. Uh, but if it's cool... Um, I've used included this in here. Just have to be quicker next time. Anyway, here's what I've got. Though it did kind of run long. I hope it helps, man. Have a good one, big guy. Uh, thank you very much for Joe. Uh, we are going to play your audio clip right now. Hey guys, it's Daniel Joe Olivas uh, or Joe Parker on Facebook. Um, just want to go ahead and give you guys my feedback regarding Halloween four uh, through six. <clears throat> I'll try to keep it short, but. It's 3 in the morning, and I, I'll probably ramble. Anyways, uh, let me get started. Uh, part 4, I saw that in the theater. I think I was about 13, 14 when it came out. Uh, at the time, I thought it was just just the bee's knees. I thought it was the shit. Um, of course, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world, but, I mean, as you get older, you get a little wiser. Uh, first off, I thought it was pretty 
you know, it's, even now watching it, it kind of stands out as being pretty mean spirited. The the Rachel character, the older girl, the way she just kind of in the beginning treat um, little Jamie. Good God, I mean, she had no problem, you know, letting her know, look, we ain't sisters, you know, you're just some little orphan or whatever. Uh, that that too, that scene where uh, Jamie's at school or whatever, and you know, you got all the kids, you know, like in the first one, you had the whole, you know, kids messing with that Tommy kid, you know, talking about, oh, the boogeyman's gonna get you. Well, this time, they have no problem chanting and glee about, oh, Jamie's an orphan, Jamie's an orphan. Um, yeah, even now, I'm just like, it just kind of boggles my mind at just how mean-spirited that movie can be in certain scenes. Um, one thing, though, uh, especially when I was, you know, impressionable little, you know, little teeny, teeny bopper, uh, the kills. I thought the kills were, and even now, actually, I'm, I like the kills. Uh, it, you know, you have the ambulance driver in the beginning when Michael, you know, first, you know, basically wakes back up from his coma or whatever, and he just kind of pops his thumb through the dude's forehead like he's tapping a keg. Uh, you know, it was a little over the top, but, you know, it, it stood out. Uh, you had the, the douchey boyfriend guy, like, you know, near the, near the end, getting all impaled by a shotgun. Uh, there's even that, uh, that redneck truck driver at the, at near the end, you know, when they're hauling, uh, um, Jamie and Rachel gets his, gets his bottom jaw ripped out, you know, ripped out of his face. I mean, it was just brutal kills through the movie. I just... You know, that, in that respect, I haven't lost any love for it. Um, the ending? Holy shit, I hated the ending. I still do. I mean, it had no imagination. It just stunk of, of, of Tommy Jarvis. Uh, you know, they could supposedly kill off Michael or whatever, and all of a sudden, she's the evil one? Ooh, you know, no, I just, I hated it. I hate the ending on that one never get over it uh okay uh part five um okay fine uh jamie can't talk i mean yeah she kind of went cuckoo and pulled the whole tommy jarvis crap but she can't talk for some reason uh uh, i don't know i don't get it and then uh the one cool thing which kind of still kind of uh reeked of of uh friday the 13th or um psycho they came after it, um, or before it, is, uh, the whole Rachel, Rachel dying, uh, spoilers, um, you know, Rachel getting killed, didn't see that coming, um, this one I saw in the theater also, so yeah, that kind of took me by surprise, I figured, you know, since she played such a big part in part four, she'd still stick around, but yeah, she got the axe pretty quick, um, this one is pretty much where they started losing me, I, you know, I'll still check out any Halloween movie that comes out, even those god-awful zombie Halloween remakes. I mean, it's just, you do what you got to do. This one, though, is pretty much where I just kind of found it hard to really justify me going to see them. But, you know, what are you going to do? The Cult of Thorn, seriously, The Cult of Thorn. He's the boogeyman. He's pure evil he's in the cult of thorn it's no okay uh pretty much that being the case the whole cult of thorn crap the thing that 
bugged, and I mean bugged the shit out of me. To this day, I have... It it takes every fiber of my being to completely go through this movie. Is uh, her friend, the... the um, what's her name? Rachel's friend. I can't remember her name. That annoying little bitch. Uh, I never wanted to throttle a sweet piece of ass more in my life. I mean, that chick was ADHD spaz to the bone. I just wanted to just slap the insane shit out of her. She was annoying. Her character was, oh my God, I can't even watch it right now. I mean, at all. I got to fast forward through her scenes. It's just annoying. And, and good God, don't even get me started on that stupid little pirate kid. I mean, that stuttering little buffoon just, he, oh my God, he kills me. Um, the ending came out of left field, uh, a prison break. The he gets sprung out of prison by Dwight Yoakam. I, I, I don't know that that whole ending just. I mean, the movie kind of started fucking with me, anyways. But that was yeah, couldn't do it. Uh, okay, part six. Uh, this no, I mean I could still still kind of pick out. Uh, decent parts from part five, you know, and what have you. But part six, I mean, other than Paul Rudd, I mean, the dude's a freaking vampire. He looks, he looks like he's maybe aged a few months since then. I mean, the dude's a vampire. I mean, but he didn't really have much to do. His character didn't really have much to do. He didn't have that Paul Rudd persona. But I mean, you know, hey, you can't go wrong with Paul Rudd. But other than that, I mean, the whole freaking movie was a mess. I mean... I still, I, I, I've watched it. It's, it's in my DVD library, and I still can't wrap my brain around, like, what the hell's going on? Um, did Michael do Jamie? I mean, she has a baby. She's locked up in the Thorn, Cult of Thorn thing to be his sex slave. I don't know. I, I don't get it. I don't know. She's pregnant with his kid or something, so there's, like, some kind of incest thing going on. I, I don't know. And then, and then later in the movie, you you, you see uh, the other chick and her son and all that, and her family treating her like absolute dog shit. Um, you know, the little boy has visions and stuff, kind of like Jamie did when she was a kid. Uh, so is, what's his relation to Michael? Is there a relation? Is he the new freaking assassin of Thorn or whatever? I don't know. I don't get it. Is the boy, you know, the evil is... Is the incest baby Michael's son? Uh, I don't know. Who's who's evil? Like, what am I looking for? And then, uh, uh, I mean, Dr. Loomis is in it, but Jesus Christ, Donald Pleasance, I mean, by this movie, he's older than dirt. I mean, the dude looks like he'll stroke out if he farts too hard. I mean... It's it's cool to see Dr. Loomis in it and you know unfortunately it was it was his his last his last go at the role uh but it I was just like good god this dude is old um and then and then he beats Michael that was their plan at the end of the movie Michael gets beat to death I mean they pull a Rodney King on his ass uh I I don't know I don't get it I mean they incinerated him in part 2 uh Loomis shot him six times in part one. I mean, the dude doesn't die. He's been shot in the eyeballs. Uh, but their 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 uh, idea is to go ahead and beat him with a board to death. Uh, nah, the whole thing, the whole thing was just 
dog shit. I mean, part six was, they have that supposed uh, producer's cut or what have you. I I don't I can't even go out and look and watch that. I I have some people tell me that that thing's so much better, and I don't care how many scenes are in there or music or whatever changes they have. I don't know how they can make that movie any better. I mean, it's a lost cause. It it it's just a lost cause. But um, anyways, I think I've rambled on long enough. Uh, hopefully, I didn't bore anybody to death. But those are just my views on parts four, five, and six. Uh, I saw all three in the theater, and I mean, if they, it doesn't matter. They, they'll, as long as they're making, I'm, I'm a Friday the Thirteenth Halloween uh, completist. As long as they're making them, I'm gonna go watch them. Uh, it doesn't matter. As long as I'm alive and have the, the, you know, seven, twelve bucks it takes for a ticket, I'm going. So, but anyways, uh, those are my. My uh, thoughts on parts four, five, and six. Four was all right. Five, eh, started to lose me. Six, dog shit. Um, so those are the ratings according to me. All right, you guys take care. Have a good one. And welcome back. So thank you very much for that. I think he's pretty much on point with what we've said, Baz, in fairness. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Maybe not quite as eloquently put as the Baz did but I don't know I was about to say Joe's got the sort of voice that I kind of wa- I want to hear uh, Joe's flirted with the idea of starting a podcast in the past do it if you want to uh, that's the the biggest thing I can say to anyone out there listening to this show you want to do a podcast do a podcast and if you're looking for someone to host it I have a contact online his name is Todd Cochran uh, you can get him <laughs> at Geek News and uh, you will have 12 years of flawless service without any energies oh my god right so uh, what's left to say here uh, we have um, only four movies left in this franchise we've split them up into two shows though so the next one should be longer uh, longer I mean shorter shorter <laughs> god <laughs> please let it be shorter <laughs> This one should be shorter than this one, and in that one we will be covering Halloween H2O. You know why it's got H2O as the title, Baz? Um, was it not out in the year 2000? Uh, no. Is it set underwater? No. Is it set on top of the water? Is it set on a boat? No. Right, what could the H stand for? Halloween. What could the 20 mean? It's a 20-year anniversary. It is indeed. Well done. Well done. I knew we would get there. I knew we would get there. I think it's even better doing it underwater. (laughs) Or in space. Um, Could we get the CIA involved? Uh, Yeah, so we're going to be doing H2O and then we're going to be covering... Oh, my God. We're going to be doing Resurrection. And we have the great privilege of having two rappers in those movies. Uh, Big LL Cool J in H2O and Big Buster Rhymes um, in in Resurrection. So I'm really looking forward to that. I have not a fucking clue where you're going to land on either of these movies, Baz. I'm quite (laughs) expecting this is where the the Baz mentalness comes in and where you will argue with me that H2O is a good movie. I don't like that one. (laughs) People, People have a lot of love for H2O, so... I'm in the minority on that one. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see where the chips fall. But before then, we need to cover one last thing before we close out this show, Baz, and that was that we did something a bit sexy over the weekend. Me and you. Did we? Together. Well, separately. Um, we tried out an experiment on the Facebook page 
with Facebook's new video streaming. Oh, oh wonderful. This was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember it now. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of early in the day to be pissed. Um, so, yeah, so basically, I've, I've been toying with the idea for a while since we did the, the kind of live recording in Bazzi's kitchen um, to start bringing more kind of more fun to the Facebook group page. It's already a very fun place, but to kind of be a bit more interactive there with you guys, the listeners. Um, and the video that I put up, which was sincere and from the heart, regardless what Baz says. I'm looking at you, Baz. Um, it was was a, an opportunity to try out how that would come across. Actually come across quite fun. Um, so... I think what we've, we've been flirting with lots of different ideas of things we could do with that, whether it, it might be a potential for Baz to jump on very quickly before he watches a movie and then maybe very quickly at the end of the movie and give like a two or three minute review of what he thought of said movie. I might do the same. That could be quite fun. You know, movies that we don't necessarily cover on the podcast, whether it's live competitions, which is something I really want to start doing. Um, we even spoke about the idea of the next horror block that comes in. Baz doesn't has never seen a horror block, so I'm going to take it around to his house and we're going to open it there. That could be quite fun. Yeah, we're talking about the sort of unboxing idea. Yeah, I've never done um, one of them before, yeah. so that seems... No, I, I saw somebody, I think it was on Twitter, or, or Instagram, was doing an unboxing of a horror block, and I just mentally started mocking them as they were doing it, and I'm like, ah, you know, we could do this on the show. <laughs> you better not I, mock I, what I, I get in the box. mock Duncan. Don't mock um, me. And the other idea that we came up with as well was possibly, because we've done shows in the past that have just been Q&A sessions, basically, with the... <laughs> with the listeners and because we do get we get some great feedback on via Facebook and Twitter and stuff we get a lot of input and we're very thankful for it and I think maybe to do that live once just for a fucking laugh would be an absolute hoot yeah I think uh, that's a great idea I think um, it would possibly involve us doing it in the middle of the night and our colonial cousins doing it over their breakfast right enough to try and get it <laughs> Don't yeah. have to do it. We don't have to do it that late. We'll maybe spring it on a weekend or something like that, a, 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 like a kind of late afternoon here, which would be an early morning for them over there, and maybe even partake in a small drink, Baz. That might be. Yes. It gets it gets better with whiskey, so we've been told. Um, so yeah, so we're going to be doing a lot more of that. So just keep your eyes on the Facebook group page, and if you're not a member of the Facebook group page, you will see none of it. So it's the perfect time to come over. So if you listen to the show and you're not on our Facebook group page yet, all you need to do is go to Facebook group. Uh, well, it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash cast um, and come across and join us over there. It's a great community. It's it's one of my favourite things that's ever come out of this show is the community we have over on that group page. There's a multitude of ways to listen to the podcast under the stairs you can check us out on itunes and if you do please leave us feedback it is the best way to support this show as it takes literally seconds to drop us a review in stars if it's five stars for for example which all of our all our reviews have been thus far the higher up the ratings we get pushed the charts the more likely it is that we will be observed by people that don't know our show and hopefully come across and join in the fun along with you guys so it really does mean a lot to us and it, it takes no time at all you can check us out through soundcloud now that the rss feed is back up um, so you can check us out over there uh, you can check us out on Stitcher Smart Radio we're a proud member of Legion Podcasting Network surrounded by some fantastic shows the show that I would like to mention on this one is the brand new 
Asian horror exclusive podcast, The Hero Hero Go Show, which is run by my good friend, Mr. Bo Ransdell. If you like Asian horror and you don't think it is being represented on other podcasts out there, check out Hero Hero Go Show. Bo is joined by a different guest every single episode from the horror podcast community and they pick one such great gem that you may have never heard of before or one that you're very familiar with and they discuss it with the sort of humour you would expect from a Ransdell podcast but also with a lot of facts and um, a lot of stories from behind the scenes involved so check out Hero Hero Go Show exclusively on Legion Podcast Network I believe he was talking to me um, last week about the possibility of getting the Baz on to do one because I mentioned that no one ever asked the Baz to do a wee guest on one of these shows and uh, he, he said that he might throw some titles at you and if there's a movie that you watch that you like then you should go on and do an episode of Hero Hero Go Show with him yeah I fucking hate everything Japanese right after you but, don't um, hate everything Japanese don't fucking say that in front of me I love the Japanese I, I know you do I don't hate the Japanese people per se I just I don't like their culture <laughs> no I'm only kidding I'm kidding no. um, <laughs> You yeah, tied no, it, I did actually get. I did actually get an approach from uh, Ricky Morgan. Oh, he loves you. On the, the old Ming, <laughs> the Ming Hail Power Ming. Hour, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Hail Ming Power Hour. Hail Ming Power Hour. What me as well. He's actually. Oh God, that reminds me. He's asked me to do a promo for them. Yes. Ricky, if you're listening, I will remember that and I will do that for you. Um, but I, I was saying to him actually I have taken on some other freelance work at the moment and between that and just everything else that goes on and this monstrosity that gets bigger every fucking month as the podcast under the stairs I've not got a lot of time at the moment yeah. but I will endeavour once I've once I've done the work and bank the cash I'll, uh, I'll saddle back up and try and get involved in some stuff like that but Ricky if you're listening I will get that uh, promo done for you thanks to Duncan reminding me about it yeah I'm, I'm about to guest on their show next week I record an episode where we're looking at Highlander for obvious reasons and it also does have to be stated oh. that um, I am not like Duncan McLeish and I do need to sleep <laughs> so if Americans want me on their show we'll have to do it in the middle of their night yeah. and not mine yeah Baz time <laughs> they have to do it on Baz time uh, yes yeah, so I'm going to be doing Highlander and Outland so it's a, a Sean Connery double bill um, which if you've listened to the most recent Hero Hero Go show you will have heard my awful Sean Connery impression uh, and I don't apologise for just a poor Irish beat cop it's <laughs> terrible that's better than mine actually it was almost <laughs> as bad as my Christopher Walken which was like Christopher Walken oh yeah I, I was like yo Danny and Ricky this is Christopher Walken for some reason he sounds like is that no Bootsy Collins fuck you Baz it's Christopher Walken (laughs) Uh, it's terrible it's terrible I've been assured they've put it in as a blooper at the end and to be honest with you the fact that you're even hearing it is is uh, is, is testament to how much you actually care for me (laughs) that's terrible Uh, yeah so um, so tons of shows on the Legion Podcast Network go and check them out great podcasting network um, just a quick reminder that I will be coming back to season 2 of Chronicle in July, I've had a couple of people ask me why there's no shows uh, I thought I kind of made it clear at the end of the last show that I was coming back in July but I don't think the message got out, I get a sneaky suspicion people switch off from listening to me, Baz does it all the time, isn't that right Baz? Baz? Eh? 
That is a terrible joke, but we played it. We played it. It was um, fucking seamless. Though. It was. It was seamless. No editing involved in that one at all. Uh, yeah. So. Um, Baz is in charge of, once again, went back to Christopher Walken, Baz is um, in charge of a couple of our uh, prominent social networking um, sites. Baz, would you like to plug them, please? Uh, yes, indeed. You can follow us on Twitter. It is at TputzCast. Uh, over on the old Instagram, which is a popular photographic site on the internet. <laughs> Uh, you can follow us on at TputzCast. Um, if you're going to send me photographs of your breasts, be they male or female, or your vaginas or your big swinging dicks, please ensure you do it via Twitter. They do not like it on Instagram, but you can send me whatever you want on Twitter. Very nice. Very, very. Don't do it. Don't do it. Do Don't it. send them anything. Don't send them your PIN number either or bank account because it will last for that. Fucking do it. <laughs> Right in my fucking ear. Uh, I'm gonna need to wash that out with soap and water. Um, to try Aye, and get, you will. Trying to get the saliva and audio <laughs> semen out. Um, <laughs> oh god. Uh, I always sort of a wee bit there. Um, right. So I think we've this show once again has clocked in just over the four-hour mark. Thank you very much for everyone persevering. Uh, just a quick update from since, since the beginning of the show because we've recorded it over a two-week period here. Um, the numbers and the show lasts about two weeks as well. It, it does indeed. Uh, the numbers for the download of the first Baz v Horror Halloween episode have now reached a mark that is the most downloaded episode this year so far. Kapow! So there you go. People love the Baz talking about some Michael Myers. So remember, do the same with this one. Share it with your friends. Like when we post it, tell people to check it out. Um, and the last thing I want to say, and we really need to, to touch on this, um, is how fucking amazing you guys are. When this episode drops, I believe the poll will be over, potentially. But Michael McCloskey, uh, we fucking love you so much. You posted on our Facebook group page um, a poll for the UK's best podcast, which you nominated us for. I didn't know anything about it at all. Um, but you nominated us for it. And as it stands at the day of this recording, which is Wednesday the 11th of May, we have had over 100 votes, which has literally blown my mind. Uh, I can't believe the fact that people have taken the time to vote on that. We're definitely not going to win, because <laughs> I think the one that's sitting up at the top place is close to 500 votes now and we don't have those numbers on our Facebook group page so that ain't happening yeah, but I'm the f- down to see those cunts and stuff, whatever it <laughs> but the fact that you would nominate us amongst some fantastic shows that are on there some of the shows on that list I listen to um, and our good buddies the podcast and Haunted Hill are also on that list give them a vote um, it's a great fucking show the fact that you did that it's humbled me to no end it's fucking incredible thank you very much for thinking about us when you read that and thank you very much to everyone that put a vote in towards uh, the podcast Under the Stairs we do this show for you and without you guys it wouldn't exist so um, yeah this is where Baz says I'm making millions uh, and I really don't like you and yes by by the way for those that asked when that video stopped I did arrive at his house and I did beat him Yeah. I stopped when I realised he was enjoying it I liked it. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> Anything you want to say before we go, Baz, this show is the longest show in the history of man. I just want you to hurry the fuck up so my wife can get in there catching nothing. That's all I care about the friends. Right, would you like to say goodbye to the listeners, please? Hi, listeners. And this is Duncan McLeish from the podcast Under the Stairs. Wishing you all the best out there. Whatever you're doing, whatever you're up to, please take care of yourself. I'm broadcasting live from Under These Stairs, which is my bedroom. We now know that. You take care of yourselves. Bye, everyone. <laughs>